Hello and welcome to the Five Song Mixtape. We discuss a new mix each and every week. My name's Michael. I'm Gabriel Proctor, the asshole doctor. And I'm the one, the only, RJ. I'm pretty sure you were a proctologist before. Um, I've always been a proctologist. <laughs> I mean, ever since I graduated medical school. Depends on the situation. Yeah. yeah. I just want to say, RJ, we got your test results in, and we cannot repair the damage that you have done. So oh. there's no turning back. Your asshole is on the outside now? Mm-hmm. He's mm, got an Audi. Certified Audi. <laughs> just saying hello to the world. <laughs> hello. It is weird when you think about that and you think like there's people just walking around in this world. Oh yeah. Prolapsed ass. Prolapsing. Yeah. Just with the tail. <laughs> yeah. They want the tail. Probably wearing adult back. diapers. <laughs> yeah. How many people? I mean How many people are living like that on a daily basis? <laughs> RJ are in your support groups? Are there a lot of people? I'm the only one. You don't. That's not a support group. <laughs> need, you I'm start looking. A, I'm looking. But yeah, I'm the only one. Go on Friendster or something. Find find a group. Well, I mean, my Facebook tag is literally like men with tails. So oh. they might not understand. Yeah. Audi tails. Yeah. yeah. No, just tails. Yeah. You get a lot of furries. Lots you know, of furries. You get yeah. a lot of those. <laughs> no. Like, no, different tail. They're like, what time a should I be tail. over? And I'm like, no, you don't need to come over. Tail. You know, there's a whole thing called fluffies where it's people that draw like fluffy My Little Pony cartoon characters like doing gross shit. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah. I went down a rabbit hole on Reddit. What is it? Rule 34? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Anything's there. Really proved that rule. Yeah. Call my my tail a hot pocket. Oh, God. (laughs) That's all I want. You go. Yeah, we used to, in a group chat, we used to share a bunch of Rule 34 pictures, and then someone crossed the line, and we're like, all right, <laughs> let's calm down. Oh, like an FBI ATF line? <laughs> like, I need this off my phone now. Well, it's just like, when you get to kids, it's like, all right, let's... Like, yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> let's back off here a little bit. We're okay, on right. a list now. Yeah. <laughs> Throw away your phones. Start a new life. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, I have an important question for you guys. All right. I got answers. Now, last week we talked about uh, a mythological creature for RJ's sex life, Centaur. Oh, yeah. Now, I want to ask you guys, if you had the choice between, since we're talking about a wizard today, Uh if you had the choice to be able to use magic, be a vampire, or be a werewolf. Which one would you choose? Magic. Well, it's all magic. <laughs> magic, really? Yep. But you have to like conjure the spell. Hell yeah! No, no, no. I'm all about no. conjuring. <laughs> no, thou shall not pass, and it's Liviosa. <laughs> but you still die. That's fine. And I, you're not strong. I can make myself I strong. I want you? to die. No, I don't want to live forever. What if? <laughs> <laughs> So it's forever. Be- you just become a wizard to kill yourself? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's the easiest way out, wizard? Guy? Yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. Werewolf, I'm going to have the hunger, and I won't be able to like, set aside time to kill myself. Like, do I get the staff or do I get the wand? Your choice. <sighs> no, I'm but going staff. A werewolf, beard. you could be a man the majority of the month 
and then you just like get to let loose, and that's it. I mean, I already do that every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> These true. manic states. Start, yeah, yeah. You just let loose and maybe eat some women and call it a night. I do that once a month too. <laughs> a vampire, you get to live forever and just fuck everything. What's that TV show? Uh, the one with it's like the Twilight. No, no, no. It's about the vampires and it's like the comedy. Oh, what um, we do in the shadows. American Werewolf in London. No, what dude, we do. Devin's shadows. going the wrong way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as a vampire, you could be that. You could be that. Devin. Yeah, you just bro out at night cool. and just have sex with everything. There's no I mean, that... real diseases for vampires. <laughs> I mean, I could do that now. No, you can't. I can. <laughs> it's, I'm I'm able to like if I if I really applied myself, Just but I'll die strong. eventually. <laughs> and then I got to drink blood, and I can't go out during the day. Right now, I can go out during the day and the night. That's true. You know, you can go out during the day. Doesn't Edward do? <sighs> it? You just have to be really careful. Yeah, he oh. gets shimmery. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's kind of cool. But I could do that with magic. <laughs> I'll just cast a shimmery spell. But as a vampire, what if you can learn magic? Well, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> Are we okay? Can you learn to a wizard level though? Maybe I don't know. Can I? I can transport to different dimensions if I'm a wizard. <laughs> this is I can die and be reborn. Can you? Yeah. I'm a fucking wizard. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> I think Devin's overestimating his wizardry skills. Yeah, <laughs> after I watched Hereditary, <laughs> immediately after I watched Hereditary, I looked up how to summon payment. <laughs> and I found a detailed guide about how to summon certain demons. No, and he did. I got them bookmarked. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> RJ, the demons are coming. <laughs> <laughs> his eyes are fluttering back in his head. <laughs> I'm, I'm really in my room, and I just hear these weird noises coming from the living room. And I'm like, what the fuck? Go out there. There's like weird creatures coming out of the ceiling. I'm like, nope, back in my room. We got to exercise these demons, RJ. <laughs> RJ actually opened up the upside down. I'll be right back. Buddy's running in horror, uh. Devin's dog, and then my dog's just barking. <laughs> but he's standing on two legs. <laughs> he's a werewolf now? <laughs> yeah. He would be a werewolf. But like, he'd be like a werewolf that turns into a pussy once a month. Like, more of a pussy than he already is. Not like a vagina, but just like a bitch. <laughs> Since we're talking wizard shit and anything's possible. The other white meat. Yeah. yeah. RJ, what would you do as a wizard? Yeah, see? Wouldn't do shit. What do you mean? No, I, what, so you many, make I, I, sandwiches without your hands? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> if you no, want no. to. <laughs> no, dude. Yeah, I so would do that. <laughs> I would fucking travel the countryside and look for people that I can do magic for. Or with. Yeah, I can find other wizards. Magic like, four, so you're just like a sideshow. You're just not an entertainer. performing. People that like need my help on you're quests. Just going and to shit. kids' birthday parties, <laughs> conjuring demons. Yeah, yeah. No, what is that? On the Hobbit. It was literally. He's like, oh, you're the guy that did the firework display. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I can I do would, that. I'll make it come out of my dick. But also, I can go on quests and help them that, oh, yeah, with that shit. So many you know? quests. Yeah, I'm a wanderer. You know. <laughs> Yeah, you can wander forever as a vampire. Yeah, during the night. Yeah, the best time of day. <laughs> I agree with that, but no, because you got to drink blood. You just go live in Sweden or Belgium or whatever where it's sometimes like you want a dark the majority of the year. 
Oh, yeah, I could do some cool 40 days a night shit. Yeah. Go up into Alaska. I could finally see the Northern Lights. That would be nice. Yeah. But if I'm a wizard, I can make the Northern Lights. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not real. It's real to me. What is real? (laughs) You know, we're all living in simulation anyways. Nothing's real. Being a vampire isn't real. Yeah, it is. (sighs) No. I don't want to be a vampire. You live forever. That sucks. The earth is going to die, and you're just going to be floating in space, not being able to drink blood. No, you just have RJ cut your head off and burn you, and you'll be fine. All right. So so first off, the group consensus is wizard, right? I don't know, Mike. What would you pick? Wait, did you say wizard? I say wizard. Okay. I'd be a vampire, bro. Okay. okay, okay. (sighs) So so all three of us are fuck werewolves. Yeah. I mean, they're cool. But it's not for me. Like, what do Only you do? the Twilight um, werewolves. If I could be a Twilight werewolf, I'm in. Oh, yeah. If I could be Jacob. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'd rather just be Jacob than any of these. Like, just being able to imprint on infants. Yeah. Right. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm going to protect this fucking kid. <laughs> and then eventually marry it. <laughs> That's what happens in the book. And it's weird as shit. But like a werewolf, the only thing you could do is like when the moon comes out. You turn into werewolf, right? So all the other days you're just like regular. Yeah, you're a regular yeah. man. Well, I think in Twilight they do it just like it. They can do it whenever they want. Yeah, right. But it, but they can only make the transformation when vampires are getting close to their tribe, invading their land. See, that's kind of cool too. Like, oh, Twilight werewolf is cooler than just a American werewolf and London werewolf, where yeah. you're like, oh, I'm out of control. So like normal not like a regular uh, like a werewolf a normal day like you know one day a year you turn or a month you turn into like a werewolf that it's like oh all these other days you can just get shot and die yeah that sucks yeah yeah i mean that's how we live right now man you just don't realize it you take your life for fucking granted just walking around i'd be a wizard not even thinking about you can get shot and fucking die get hit by a car you can get shot and killed as a wizard and yeah. not do anything cool. No, you come back as a better wizard. That's not how it works. <laughs> that is how it works. <laughs> that's, how it works. <laughs> that's what happened to Grandolf. <laughs> Trust me, RJ. I'm going to come whiter than I am now. Hella white, bro. <laughs> is that sexual? I mean, yeah. can be. You can be a jizz wizard. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's that group that you like? The jizzard wizards and the third nizzards? The know. what? Legitimate oh, King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> it rolled off the tongue. Yeah, I'd be a Lizard Wizard. I like the, all the wizards are introducing themselves and explaining their powers. And Devin's just like, I'm a Jizz Wizard? I'm a Jizz Wizard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what does that mean, sir? Oh, you know, I'm just well, a Wizard with my Jizz. Basically, any spell just makes me come. <laughs> No matter where I am. If I'm close enough and you're doing a spell, I'm coming. Sorry. Sorry in advance. He just shows up and people are like, all right, Devin, just don't do anything. <laughs> but I got this book of spells. <laughs> now, is your jizz special at all? I mean, all jizz is precious. <laughs> in some way. But yes, mine is definitely special. Oh, it yeah. can float. You know, you it shoot can levitate. Ropes. Hella ro- uh, yeah, it's like Wonder Woman's lasso. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Does Wonder Woman have an invisible vagina too? I mean, aren't all vaginas invisible? <laughs> I, mean, 
I you don't know what's up there. You know? We don't. <laughs> it's a mystery. <laughs> Dicks are on the outside. You know, you know what you're getting into. Yeah. Yeah. No mystery there. Yeah. Right in front of you. Like literally Devin's <laughs> just turns into like scorpion. Just get over here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can do that. All kinds of things with jizz. Man, I want to be a jizz wizard now. <laughs> it's not even a debate. Go outside right now and Devin, live your life. Just wearing my white coat, my white robe. Yeah. Maybe I'll get a white hood spells. too. Spells. Get a pointy, pointy white hood. Just walking around. I'm, I'm the jizz. Maybe that's probably not a good idea. Yeah, that's Devin's MC name. Oh yeah, yeah. MC Jizz Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> I would be a vampire. I think that's the best case scenario is being a vampire. Okay. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But the fact that, you know, you got to do all the dumb vampire shit, like drink blood. So? So a vampire, you have to convert other... Well, you do convert I don't have to convert other people, RJ. So, like, what happens if you just eat them all and then you're just, like, the only vampire and you're like, damn, I have no one else to drink. But you can only convert virgins, RJ. You can never go to parties, you know, because, like, somebody has to invite you in. And, like, those parties where they just leave the door open, you're just going to be standing there. The owner of the house is never going to come by and be like, I have eternity to get into that party, bro. (sighs) But the party only lasts so long. (laughs) I don't care. I'll wait. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Like R. Kelly says, after the party is the after party. (laughs) Literally, everyone's passed out. Like, you know, just. Wasted, and they're just like, I need more drugs. And you're just at the door, I got more drugs. They're like, Oh, come on in. Then you're like, All right, I think it has to be the owner of the house. No. Yeah, that would just be annoying, you know, just standing in the doorway. I got like, drugs, it's daylight soon. I got Where's drugs. Owner? <laughs> Invite me in. I don't want to yeah. be a part of shit human parties. I'm a vampire. Vampires have their own parties, bro. Have you not seen Blade? Where they just Damn, have the blood come cool. out of the sprinklers in the ceiling? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, is Steven Dorf going to be a vampire with me? Yeah. All right. And Wesley. That's kind of cool. I don't want Wesley. <laughs> I want the new Blade, whoever that is. I forgot who. Is Mahershala. it Don Cheadle? It's Mahershala. Mahershala. That's yeah. right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I take Mahershala. Yeah. Yeah, we, we can chill together. All right. All right. Yeah. You're selling me on vampire a little bit, but still yeah. wizard. If you're a vampire. I'll just turn myself into a vampire if I really want a to. A vampire wizard. Yeah, that's what Whoa. I'm saying. And Wait. original vampires can turn into <laughs> werewolf-type creatures. I don't know if you're aware of this. Oh. But in Bram Is that Stoker, the lycanthrope, or is that just a... Uh, no, that's werewolf. That's just a werewolf. Okay. In Bram Stoker's, they, they can turn into bats and wolves and all sorts of crazy shit. Oh, I forgot about the bat thing. Can yeah. I turn into a bat if I'm a vampire? Yeah. You yeah, can turn into a small bat or a giant fucking bat. Ooh, I'd like wait, to be wait, a big wait, wait. bat. How big is a giant <laughs> bat? Like a ten foot tall bat, bro. Can I get a big old bat dick? Yeah. Oh, you can't you see. Look- <laughs> <laughs> You're a pterodactyl. It's fine. I'll just use my big big dick bat sonar. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so today's episode fifty seven of the podcast. It's my mix. Um, it is titled "A Wizard's Guide to Mastering Production." Wizards. Um. So I was watching three, two, one McCartney and Rick Rubin was also on Mark Maron's podcast, WTF talking, and it made me think. And so I did some Googling 
And there's a sweet Wikipedia page that's just Rick Rubin's produced discography. And I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not just like he did some, he's done cool stuff. It's, he's done everything. Like, yeah. literally everything. And it's not that he did everything for a decade. He's done everything since the 80s. Yeah. And, and not just not just one style. It's not like, oh, he did everything in hip-hop, which would be weird for a man that looks like a wizard already. <laughs> but he did a little bit of everything. That, literally a little bit of everything. There's stuff on here that I've never even heard of before that I'm just like, how did you, why did you do that? Yeah. Like, why did you do Raging Slab, Dynamite Monster Boogie Concert? I don't know. (sighs) Maybe he took it all on as a challenge. Like, can he do it? Yeah. Maybe it's contractual. He's the Monster Boogie, and he is a wizard. I got this. He's like, vampires and werewolves unite. I'm producing (laughs) this Monster Boogie. Why did he work on Mr. Hankey's Christmas Classics? Who knows? The classic episodes of South Park. Yeah. The big ones. The big ones. Did you guys see the big South Park news this week? Mm -mm. About Casa Bonita? Uh, They were given like $900 million, and South Park is going for another six seasons, and they're having 14 movies produced. Holy shit. How many? 14. 14? Oh, that's more. That's more than the avatars we're getting. <laughs> That's Damn. more than Fast and the Furious got. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Damn. So, All right. Get ready for that. I'm ready. But yeah, so I fell down to Rick Rubin rabbit hole, and I was like, "All right, let me try to make a Rick Rubin mix," and that became a task. Um, oh yeah. I had lots of different ideas for a Rick Rubin uh, mix. Um, this mix kind of satisfies, uh, uh, a type of mix I've been thinking about for a while, which is just choosing sh- songs from different decades, essentially. Um, and I also like making mixes that I've done a couple times now where it's just a different genre on every song. Um, I thought about, I really wanted to just make the two thousands Rick Rubin mix. Cause I feel like that's the weirdest one that you can make. Yeah. Well, that's like the Jay-Z Kanye era, right? Yeah, but it's also like the stuff that no one cares about era too. Hmm. Because you've got like Audio Slave. Like um, but did you say the stuff that no one cares about <laughs> and then say Audio Slave, the Chris Cornell side project? <laughs> yeah, Toxicity. I mean, no one cares about that. Oh, do you mean the classic system of a down <laughs> album Toxicity? You've got Slipknot Volume 3. Oh, you mean <laughs> their junior album after Iowa? Yeah. <laughs> Go on. Have you got a Vanessa Carlton in there? Wait. Wait. Okay. <laughs> is this the one with Thousand Miles on it? Uh, Heroes and Thieves, I don't know. Okay, that's not it. All right, that's fine. I'll accept that one. You do have Future Sex Love Sounds. Because he Ooh. produced my favorite song on that album he happened to produce. Which is the last song. Um, what is it called? Another song all over again. Huh. Yeah. That's the only song he produced on it. It's my favorite song on the album. It's the last song on it. It's slow, piano. Pretty good. Hmm. But yeah, in the 2000s, you've got like Red Hot Chili Peppers, 
still. You got U2, still. You got Poison. <laughs> what? 2007's Poisoned with an exclamation point. Hell yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that's a weird one. You have a Metallica album I've never heard of before called Death Magnet. Oh, Death Magnetic. Yeah. Magnetic. Sucks. <laughs> the drums on that are so annoying. Like, you can just, I don't know how to explain it, but you hear it and you're like, what happened here? And it's like, oh, maybe Lars just took over everything about the band and was like, I want everybody to hear my drums, but I don't know how to mix things. But here it is. It's real trebly. He made he produced a Brandy Carlisle album. Ooh, which one? Joker? Give up the ghost. Or not Joker. Okay. He did Vanessa Carlton. We just talked about <laughs> We just talked about that. At, <laughs> at length. I missed that one. <laughs> I just found the Wikipedia page. Did he do <laughs> Did he do uh, System of Down and Slipknot too? Limbiscuit? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he did Limbiscuit. Yeah. Wait, which one? Chocolate Starfish? No, after that. Okay. There's nothing after that. It was funny when I was, may vary. when I was making this mix, uh, Devin had texted me, and I couldn't say anything, but he made he produced Damien Rice's My Favorite Faded Fantasy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. This dude's all over the place. Literally. Yeah. Yeah, Lana Del Rey on here. You got Josh Gorbin. Or Groban, sorry. Oh, sorry, yeah. Groban Heads. Groban Heads. <laughs> Yeah, you've got like literally a little bit of everything. Um, you even got Kanye on here. Several he Kanye things. Yeah, He's literally like five or six artists per year, which is that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, considering like the the height of some of those albums, it is very impressive. Um, I know he's real big, like. I don't know if he's most known for uh, the Jay-Z and Kanye stuff, but I know he had a big part in that, in kind of like the transformations of them. Or the, I'd say, not rebranding, but reinvigorating of them. Yeah, well, that's what, like, his specialty is doing that. Yes. And it started with, from what I understand, it started with the band called The Cult. Mm. Because The Cult was like a hair metal band in the early 80s. And in 87 is when he made an album called The Colt Electric. And that was like redefining that band at that time. And then he did it again with, when we'll talk about Danzig, but that's like his next big follow-up. And essentially... Another one on here too. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, he's just the guy that people go to when they don't know what to do anymore. And then they go to him. So like, again, Justin Timberlake, future... Yeah. Like that's... That's what happened with him. He didn't know what he was doing, and then he had this album, and it changed him ever, forever. You know. Yeah. I wonder if Def Heaven went to him. <laughs> that would be know? awesome. Yeah. And Ceremony. <laughs> if Ceremony went to him, it's like, hey, this whole like New Order fucking Joy Division stuff isn't really working for us, but yeah. there's something there. <laughs> what what can we do about it? Yeah. And they just take a bunch of mushrooms and they're like, I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> do some Ooh. meditation, some Damn. yogi. That would oh, that'd be great. So for those who are listening who have never seen a picture of Rick Rubin, um, he looks like a wizard. Um, mm. He's he's always looked like that. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So 
Did you see the uh, Avett Brothers documentary? Yeah, that's a great documentary. Yeah, he's featured in that quite a bit. Which I think he's made three of their albums. I know he made that I In Love and You, which was kind of like their breakout hit. And I'm, I'm not a fan of like their later stuff. I, I really do prefer their earlier stuff. But a lot of the song, like good songwriting is on these newer albums. And mm-hmm. like a Magpie and something, is a, I think that's the one they were working on on the documentary. And it's got some great songs and whatnot. But uh, you see like a little bit of his personality and his process in that. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's really interesting. I, I don't really know exactly what a producer does. And I don't think that there is one set thing that they do. Well, except allow the artist. I mean, I think a few more or some other ones are like very hands on. Yeah. And actually like making the music but i think his is a more hands-off approach and kind of just encouraging the artist to find themselves yeah he kind of breaks it down a little bit on the Marin podcast where he's just like his approach to everyone is what do you want to do Mm -hmm. and then let me help you do what you want to do so like i wish you saw that episode of dave (laughs) Because like he doesn't, he doesn't come in with a vision. He doesn't have like an idea for what he wants to turn you into. He just like basically is just there as like a guided wizard through your journey on making your next hit album. Hmm. Yeah. So interesting. Um, I will say in the various different versions of this mix, I really struggled with the first song. Um, originally, so the the first I first pulled Public Enemy. For the first song, and then took that back, and then pulled in LL Cool J, and I had like three different LL Cool J songs I could choose from. Mm. They're all good. They're all good songs. They're all great songs. They're all interesting songs. Um, but I wanted to only have one song that was hip hop, and I decided to go with a different song. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, when we'll get there, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. So Rick Rubin, uh, American record producer, former co-president of Columbia, along with Russell Simmons. Um, he is the co-founder of Def Jam Rec- Recordings and also established American Recordings with the Beastie Boys, L Cool J, Public Enemy, Ghetto Boys, and Run DMC. Rubin helped popularize hip-hop music. So pretty insane. Yeah. That he made Def Jam. Yeah. <laughs> Did he make Def Poetry Jam too? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Damn, it seems all him. Yeah, and it was uh, during his senior year of high school. What? When Def Jam was made. Yeah. Wow. Insane. Wh- what year was that? 82. Oh, damn. So he was really just like... Like, I have an idea. <laughs> starting, yeah, and starting that whole Run DMC era. Yeah, he literally Fuck. is like behind. Because if you know anything about that era of music or Rick Rubin, like he was incredibly intelligent. With he loved punk, and he loved what the emerging hip hop or rap was, and so he's like, we can just blend them. <laughs> oh, I wonder what his hand in the Beastie Boys was. The, because all of it. Well, did you hear their original stuff? Yeah, like their punk so, rock stuff. So, so he had they had made that and made their punk stuff, and then he came to the Beastie Boys, and it was like, 
oh, we could just do this too. Like we could do two things. Yeah, because he made uh, Rock Hard. So that's a single in 85 from the Beastie Boys. And then he made License to Ill in 86. It's a huge album. Yeah, huge. He He makes all the huge albums. I don't know if you're touching more on just the facts of of the Beastie Boys with Rick Rubin. I don't want to spoil anything. Spoiled me, brother. Uh, But but on his other ventures, did you read that on his Wikipedia? So it says, uh, Rubin is a fan of professional wrestling. Oh, yeah. Lifetime subscription to the WWF monthly events at Madison, Madison Square Garden throughout the 70s and 80s. Ruben cited Roddy Piper and Ric Flair's influences for his work and promotion. Ruben said the professional wrestling heels are the bad guys were hugely influential development of the Beastie Boys. Dude, he spent like what? 15 minutes on Marin's podcast talking to him about wrestling. Like, I had no idea, but he is just like, I watch it every single day. <laughs> I watch hours and hours of it. I think it's the greatest form of entertainment ever made. <laughs> him and I probably would get along. What the Old fuck? RJ loved wrestling. Yeah. Marin's just like, that's cool, man. Yeah. Uh, cool. I had Obama here once. He didn't talk about wrestling. Where's my cat? It was funny. Marin was just trying to find out where he was in the world. Because, like, Rick Rubin refused to tell anyone where he's currently living. And so Marin was oh. just trying to get out of him where he's living in the world. <laughs> so elusive. Fucking wizards. Yep. Um. But yeah, so like Rick Rubin, he's a very big deal. Um, he's won Grammys for I want to say like the Dixie Chicks, um, Fly, uh, their 2007 album, I think. Oh, Taking the fly. long way. All right, and then also for Adele's 21. Oh hell yeah, yeah. Um, and then before I guess your guys' uh, song choices. Uh, I want to throw this out there. Uh, Since at least 1999, Ruben has been criticized by listeners for contributing to a phenomenon in music known as the loudness war, in which the dynamic range of recorded music is compressed and sometimes clipped in order to increase the general loudness. Albums produced by Ruben that have been criticized for such treatment include Californication by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Death Magnetic by Metallica, 13 by Black Sabbath. Um, and then it says, Ruben deserves uh, disparagement for the way he mixed the audio levels, which are crushed by distortion and compression. Otherwise, well-recorded songs are blemished and affection all too pervasive in the modern music industry. This might change my whole opinion of him. <laughs> we need volume standards for... <laughs> Any type of media. We need to get on the same page. <laughs> yeah, Somebody's seriously. doing some shit that's experimental. That's great. But when you're a big producer yeah. and you're producing <laughs> multiple genres and multiple artists, you can't be fucking around like that. It's like when the, you know, watching movies on like, you know, certain yeah. apps and they're just like, Oh, we're gonna throw the volume up for your commercial like three times louder. Yeah. Than yeah. Else. Or I'm watching Bob's burgers at like volume forty and the intro comes and like and then they're talking. They're talking like this when yeah. it comes on. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Rick Rubin's behind it. Yeah. <laughs> and he also did Bob's Burgers. 12 episodes of King of the Hill. Fuck. 
Yeah, so I didn't know that that was a, a thing in the music industry that people are frustrated. Like, I didn't know that there was, like, a single person that people point to. <laughs> I didn't know that he was part of that. I know yeah. some stuff about um, mixing in the 80s changed because of the prevalence of cocaine, supposedly. Like, there's a theory <laughs> on it. Yeah. Because doing cocaine will cut out the higher bands of frequency that you can hear. Mm, so when you're wearing these reference headphones it changes your perception of what you're mixing and you have to have a good ear to like really mix this stuff. So they would cut out or they would boost the highs. So when you hear about like hair metal and shit from that era or anything recorded in that era, for the most part, it's really trebly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then as soon as MP3 started coming out, um, they started compressing things a lot more just in an effort to make them, like sound make them i don't know if it was to compress the actual file size down or to make it sound better when it is compressed down because mm-hmm. before we had cd quality which is great and then they had to like figure out a way to get a bunch of songs on this one fucking thing so i buy um like the best example i have is tell all your friends by taking back sunday mm-hmm. which sounds fine if you're listening to it through spotify or whatnot and then when you take that put it on vinyl and listen to that on a good record player sounds like fucking shit yeah because it's mixed for being listened to on tiny headphones Mm. or in a car stereo right you know it's just like when you listen to good jazz in your car that's streaming through spotify and even if you change the the streaming settings like it doesn't like you have to change the settings on your stereo to listen to it yeah you know so what he's doing is making it universal where you can it, like everything that you make sounds good because it's compressed so much and you don't have these high highs and low lows and separation thinking of the future yeah <laughs> but also like you're doing stuff that you can't undo you know unless you have the masters and you can have well, somebody else go in and remaster it i guess that's the i mean he i when i say thinking of the future i'm specifically saying thinking of the future of pop music yeah. Because this applies to pop music and no one yep. gives a shit. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody's going to ask for like remastered versions of Eddie Murphy's music album. Yeah. Yeah. Party all the time. My girl likes to party all the time. <laughs> um, yeah. I uh, I don't know if I said this last week, but in that 321 McCartney documentary that's on Hulu, it's one of the best Beatles documentaries that I've seen because they have the original four track mixes recordings of their songs and of some mm. wing songs and it is one of the coolest fucking things ever when you just have the wizard with paul mccartney just isolating the different tracks it is mm. like it's like i did not know this sounded this way yeah right because you're so used to hearing it compressed in a certain way especially Beatles stuff because they've compressed the shit out of that yeah and you're just so used to listening to it in a certain way. And then suddenly when they're just like, Oh no, this is what the, these two vocal harmonies sound just by themselves. And it's like, Holy fucking shit. I did not know you were doing that at all. Yeah. So fucking cool. Uh, somebody did that with, uh, Led Zeppelin with, mm. um, fool in the rain. That mm-hmm. They isolated the drum track to that. And, it was incredible to hear that by itself yeah, and then hear how it fits in the song. 
Mm. And like they did that with a few other songs too, but it really like just showcases all of the like when you hear a song and you just hear it as a whole, you're like, oh man, this sounds so good, and I don't even want to think about why. And yeah. then you hear it broken apart, and you're like, that's it's the talent and like the all of the work that you put into your individual parts that all comes mm-hmm. together. Like these little areas that you don't think to fill in with a little cymbal or hi hat, you know, or like ghost notes on the drums or like or it's strumming patterns yes. just like a natural way that someone likes to strum comes yeah. through all of a sudden oh like, yeah i didn't know that this is how you like to strum yeah <laughs> yeah it's like stuff you can't notate on sheet music yeah it's like right. stuff that is exclusive to those people that you hear yeah and it yeah it's cool so fucking cool damn i want to watch that now um, all right, so for Devin, my guess is your favorite song is three, your least favorite song is five, and your favorite artist is two. Okay, all right. RJ, I'm going to say your favorite song is one, your least favorite song is two, and your favorite artist is four, motherfucker. <laughs> You're not going to argue with me on that. <laughs> I don't know, he's a big Danzig fan. <laughs> okay, uh, so... One two four. One two four. And I honestly had I just completely guessed with you guys on those because I had no idea. Because these are like kind of for me, yeah. these are like kind of hard songs to choose from, to be yeah. honest with you. Cause they're like pretty if you're fans of these people, they're like pretty big songs other than one song. But <laughs> if you're yeah. fans of these people, they're like pretty big songs. So. Yeah. 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 And it's an interesting mix to where you're like, Well, I don't I don't know what anybody's gonna pick. Yeah. You know? All right. Um, all right. So starting off with track number one, we've got Mother by Danzig from Danzig, 1988. Crazy that this is track six from that album. Oh, weird. Yeah, it's like buried in the album. Uh, three minutes and 24 seconds. Uh, Mother, a song by heavy metal band Danzig was originally released August 1988 and the lead single from the debut album. Uh, in 1993 to 1994, almost six years after its original release, a remixed version of the song titled Mother 93 became a hit on radio and earned buzz band rota- rotation on MTV. Was it an R. Kelly remix? <laughs> after a music video incorporating live footage was created to promote the band's new EP, Thrall, Demons Sweat Live. Uh, during this time, the single was reissued by American Recordings and the remix title updated to Mother 94 on later versions. Uh, Mother remains Danzig's highest charting single. It peaked at number 17 on the Billboard Hot Mainstream Rock Tracks chart and 43 on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, thematically, the song is a rhetorical challenge to parents, primarily inspired by Tipper Gore, who, along with the parents, a music resource center introduced the parental advisory warning placed on albums that contain explicit explicit lyrics. Um, Glenn Danzig further explained Al Gore wanted to tell people what they could listen to and what they couldn't. It was basically coming down to the idea that he wouldn't let anybody record any music that he didn't think you should be doing. There was going to be an organization that would tell you what you could and couldn't record. And certainly, if you couldn't record it, you couldn't pull it out. It was really fascist. Yeah, fuck the government, man. <laughs> Tell us what to do. I tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> my body, my choice. My song, my choice. I'm not going to wear your mask. 
So it's arguable that this song from Danzig is more well known than any Misfits song. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't right. even think that's an argument. <laughs> even though that Misfits have more hits, far more hits. Uh, what to me and to you? Yeah, better yeah, songs for sure. Yeah. But I, th- I think the mainstream does not know one song by the Misfits. Yeah, they might know. Where Eagles Dare from a Sailor Jerry commercial. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but this song, Mother, from Danzig, who, after, I don't know what year he left Misfits. I don't know. Didn't look that It up. was like, I want to say like 79. Like, it was very early on. Mm. Like, they recorded... I think even just a series of EPs, they didn't even have an LP. They made it into the collection, mm-hmm. and they were just playing shows from, I think, like 78 to 79. It was a very short-lived time. No, maybe it was like 81 or something, but very short-lived. Mm-hmm. And then they took a break until like 91, mm-hmm. and they are like, we could still be the Misfits without Danzig? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And apparently they can. Yeah. To varying levels of success, but uh, yeah, I'm so. Different. I would be so interested to know if, like, you showed like a younger person who was wearing their Hot Topic Misfit shirt a picture of Doyle, and it'd be like, "Is that Danzig?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. or any of them with the devil locks. Like, yeah, is that Danzig? Yeah, <laughs> there were four Danzigs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Danzigs. Yeah, <laughs> I want that to be our band. Yeah. <laughs> the Danzigs. Yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, this song "Mother" is just like honestly, I would put this song up against any like. I guess you have to like be specific, like Blue Oyster Colts, Fear the Reaper, or Don't Fear the Reaper. Like I would put this song up against any like classic rock song of that caliber. Yeah. Any ACDC song, I would put it up against. Um, Iron Butterfly in Agata De Vita. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> like Led Zeppelin's Communication Breakdown, I would put this up against that song. Okay. Like, this song, it just has a riff that is so nice and so easy to listen to. Yeah. And just, like, his voice just comes through as the Danzig voice. And it's just, like, it's just, if I didn't know anything about Danzig and I heard the song, I'd be like, oh, yeah, this song's from, like, 1973, right? Like, it just has, like, but also, I I feel like this song could have came out later in the 90s, too. Like, it just has, like, an energy and a feel and sounds good. Oh, yeah, I honestly do not know when the song came out. But what did you hear first, Misfits or Danzig, and when did you hear it? It was Misfits. And it was Misfits when I was, I don't know, sixth, seventh grade. Okay, so that's, it was eighth grade for me that I first heard the Misfits. Mm -hmm. I heard Danzig when I was in, like, third grade. Whenever, probably whenever this came out. Oh, yeah, from the radio or something? Yeah, it was was a radio song, Mm -hmm. and I remember hearing it and remembering it so vividly because it was so different than the other stuff they were playing on the 98 rock. Yeah. You know, like everything else, I didn't know what this was. And like, I was really into like corn and stuff like that. And, <laughs> and that's all they were playing on that radio. Like 
it was just it, there is something about it where it's like okay maybe this is one of those classic songs that everybody knows mm-hmm. you know that you hear when you're younger and you're like okay yeah it's, uh, it's Danzig everybody knows Danzig apparently yeah <laughs> you know like thinking your parents grew up listening to Danzig yeah right yeah I'm sure they heard it yeah yeah when did it come out 88 okay I didn't hear it when it came out then it would have been one yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might have though yeah, it was for sure on the radio, though, in the 90s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just, I didn't hear it because most of my family was listening to, like, 90s hip-hop and reggaeton, so. Or, like, Beatles and Billy. Yeah, Danzig doesn't really fit into that. No. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, my mom only listened to Celine Dion and Christina Aguilera. So. <laughs> Celine. Oh, and, Barb- and, and the Streisand, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah. Um, RJ? So this song, I, I I I don't know if I would have heard it when it, you know, growing up. It would have been just like you know, ninety eight rocks, just like you know, total request live lunch hour, and then somebody's like, I want mother, so they threw it on. I'm like, oh, I've heard the song. I think originally, I I don't actually I don't even remember because I was gonna say if I heard the Misfits first, it would have been just from one of you guys just being like, check this band out. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. It's not Eminem. I ain't but, no goddamn son of a bitch. <laughs> You're about to think about it, baby. Um, but <laughs> we walk these streets at night. We go where eagles down. <laughs> but look at they do things with their hair, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. I do that every time I cut my hair <laughs> in the mirror. <laughs> um, he left no, uh, the Misfits in '83. By the way, '83. Oh, okay, okay. He so was just like they suck this. at playing instruments, so I'm leaving. Oh, so he goes with the mother guys. <laughs> it was basically i guess like the lack of like you know knowledge of music and instruments and playing the ability to play and he's like i'm just gonna go somewhere else because they're I like, mean, holding me down to be honest like Danzig's voice it's the reason why the misfits stands so out because it like his voice doesn't necessarily belong in a punk band it does not belong but it's it's like for sure a hair metal band voice like he could have been in a poison type band yeah, well, if early Misfits so weird. sounds like The Doors yeah. on speed. Oh, yeah. And I fucking love it. But there's something about his voice that never fit that sound. Like when you hear like, uh, like oh, you want to hear a great mix of hardcore punk from the burgeoning scene in the 80s? Mm-hmm. And then you play like Bad Brains and Minor Threat. And then The Misfits come on and you're like, okay, I get it, but like, what? How? Like, why did they decide to go this way? You know, it's yeah. like not quite hardcore punk. Mm-hmm. It's like it got a little sing songiness to it. Um, he never really like fit in the band, but it fits so well at the same time. Yeah, you know. Yeah, there. He could do hair metal. He could just. I don't know because he he fell into this whole Danzig scene, which was. Like the Ozfest style, yeah. of music. Yeah, I guess that's a fair comparison. Like he could have been in a Black Sabbath. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but RJ continue. So I mean, just, I I don't know who I heard first, but I I I mean I enjoy this song. Uh, it is very like literally now that you say that the doors, <laughs> I can hear that hundred percent and. But uh, no, you know, I, I heard some stuff by them. I, I think I got more into the Misfits than I did Danzig. Yeah, I think most people. I would, 
I don't know if I want to meet the person that's like, you know, I'm a bigger Danzig fan than the Misfits. <laughs> He'd probably pick a werewolf. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, if there's somebody that has heard Danzig and the Misfits and they pick Danzig over the Misfits, <laughs> like they should be locked up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe in prisons, but they need to be locked up away from people because there's Acon, something wrong. They won't let them out. Fuck. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's what happened to Akon. It's like, <clears throat> man, you heard this song, Mother? Yeah, but have you heard the Misfits? Yeah, not my thing, but Mother. <laughs> man, Akon, you going to jail. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, you mean the Pink Floyd mother? Yeah. <laughs> I love that album, Dogs. <laughs> or Animals. Um, what is it, Animals or Dogs? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I picked this song for the opening track because I feel like it's a really just a solid song. Like, it's just a solid rock song. It's just a solid rock song. I don't know what else to say. It's just, just a solid song. It sounds good. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but all right, so moving on, we've got Seasons in the Abyss by Slayer. Uh, this is the last track, this is track 10 on side two. Gotta be real specific there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, coming in at six minutes and 34 seconds. Uh, Seasons in the in the Abyss is the fifth studio album from thrash metal band Slayer, released in 1990 through Deaf American Recordings. Records or Deaf American Records. Uh, recording sessions began in March 1990 at Hit City West and Hollywood Sound and ended in June 1990. Um, let's see, it was the band's last album to feature their full original lineup with drummer Dave Lombardo until his return on the band's 2006 album Christ Illusion. Uh, Seasons in the Abyss musical style has been compared by critics to the band's previous two albums, South of Heaven and Rain and Blood. Upon its release, Seasons in the Abyss received a generally positive reception and peaked at number 40 on the U.S. Billboard 200. Um, Let's see here. The album received generally... Well, I don't know why I put that twice in there. Uh, The album was recorded uh, Hit City West, Hollywood Sound... Uh, Seasons in the Abyss was produced by Rick Rubin, who had also produced their previous two albums, Rain and Blood and South of Heaven. Um, two best. Uh, so, like, when I looked into the Rick Rubin stuff, I was like, all right, so he produced a Slayer album. I was like, huh. He produced, like, several Slayer albums. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, and then I thought to myself, I was like, do I need to listen to Slayer? because i feel like i had been have been too judgy on slayer oh is this the next kanye for you well i just feel like (laughs) there's like a person who likes slayer that ruined slayer ruined any intention for me to get into slayer fair enough i mean (laughs) i am hesitant to say this because i want you to get into slayer but (laughs) i would say it's similar to the people that listen to pantera yeah but i think is sean on the same page as me sean likes slayer and pantera okay so (laughs) you got two yeah, give Slay give one of them a chance. So I have been. I've been listening okay. to Slayer. I All like right. this album. I like Rain and Blood. I did not understand how much of an influence Slayer had on hardcore. Yeah. I really didn't um, because 
I thought that they were, they were more like a thrash metal band because they're I think it's their first album. Uh, Show that, no mercy. That one is very much uh, like Iron Maiden. It's very much like yeah. power metal from that time. Yeah, and I think I had heard that and maybe some of their later stuff like Into the Ots. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hadn't really listened to this era and listening to it. Like I can see the clear connections between like the hardcore that I really like and Slayer. Yeah, and so that makes me like them more. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I chose this song in particular because I was like, this could be an integrity song. Yes, it's, like if it's just the vocals were like changed yes. a little bit, like this could just be an integrity song. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, <laughs> makes, I was listening to it. And I was like, this. Uh, like I've heard it before, but I was like, this is different. Like I thought it was just going to be a a normal Slayer song. I was like, this is something different. Yeah, and it reminds me of something. But that is totally it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and out of the like. I could have chose like some different stuff in the nineties, but I chose this because like I hadn't listened to really Slayer before and listening to this is what fed me into the rabbit hole of listening to more Slayer. I like Slayer more now. Um, I like listening to them when I work out. Yeah. <laughs> this whole mix is kind of a good workout mix for me. Um, yeah. But like the first track mother, I don't know if that's a windows down song. Mm, that's yeah. tough. That's <laughs> the Ozfest element that would. Uh, you got to be driving the right car. You got to be driving <laughs> an '80s or '90s Camaro. Yeah, you know, you got to. I mean, I'd even say Trans Am would work, but you can't be wearing a shirt with sleeves and listening to that with your windows down. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You can wear wife beater or cut off sleeve. You know, muscle shirt, RJ shirt. That's all I own. Yeah, but I think it was RJ a... can listen to this with windows down, but not oh, in yeah. the Civic. <laughs> yeah, I do, with and the not with down subs. Down. With the subs, I listen. are you wearing your sleeveless? Depend. Yeah, are you I wearing mean, your muscle shirt after like you know every time I go to work, I do have a tank top underneath. Do you take that off the drive home? Depends. When you start taking these steroids, you're going to be taking that shirt off on the way home. <laughs> And blasting mother for your whole 10-minute commute. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what year. It's in the late 80s. Uh, there was a year where Corvette didn't make a model. Um, but it's either the year before or the year after when they came back. Or when Chevy didn't make a Corvette model. Um, but uh, there's a they made like a white-on-white-on-white white Corvette uh, in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. Where you had a white body, white pearl interior, and then white wheels. Uh, and I would drive that car listening. To yeah. yeah. I feel like I would drive that car and listen to Prince. <laughs> but I don't know what it looks like. I'm imagining a Stingray, though. Yeah. Oh, wait. It's the 80s? Yeah, it's the 80s Corvette. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, that's White Snake. Yeah. <laughs> that's a White Snake car. Yeah. Um, but yeah, listening to Slayer, it's like I'm still not comfortable with listening to that Windows Down in my car. Because uh, I don't, I don't want to attract the wrong attention. You know what I mean? Like, what's up, bro? Oh it's a God. weird world out there. Um, Slayers People got will... some unfortunate lyrics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you look up uh, "Angel of Death" yet? Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting one. Yeah. Interesting one that Rick Rubin was like, "Yeah, put that at song one. <laughs> this is necessary." Yes. Yeah. He's a first Jew. line. Auschwitz. <laughs> yeah, he's like, Jewish. 
Sure. Yeah. 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 Maybe he's like, yeah, this song resonates with me. <laughs> <laughs> I just finished the diary of Anne Frank and I got an idea for a song. <laughs> uh. Yeah. But what's your relationship with Slayer, Devin? Um, I first heard them with Show No Mercy. Uh, I had heard the name just like listening to shitty new metal and <laughs> kind of wondering like, where did this come from? Cause I had like a, had a real lapse in like metal music. Like I grew up with, you know, my parents' music was the doors and Led Zeppelin and then some other like obscure, like seventies hippie bullshit. And then I started listening to like green day and whatnot. So when I was really starting to listen to music, it was new metal bullshit, you know, like corn, Mm-hmm. and Slipknot pretty much exclusively. So I I don't know what led me to start listening to it, but I had heard the name, and I think it was the only album at whatever store I was at was Show No Mercy. Or I checked the dates on them, and I was like, this is the first one, so I'll get this one. And then I was like, this is not what I was expecting at all. Because mm-hmm. up until that point, I don't think I had heard Iron Maiden. Oh, yeah. But I knew who they were also. Yeah. Um, so I, I bought it it was in high school and I was playing it for somebody else. And they're like, no, you gotta listen to South of heaven. South of heaven is what Slayer really sounds like. Mm. It's like, what's South of heaven? <laughs> Hell? What? <laughs> My mind is, uh, you mean earth? <laughs> oh no, further South? <laughs> yeah. So Mexico? I heard South of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mexico, bring her of death. Um, so yeah, I heard South of Heaven. I was like, "Oh fuck, there's other music." Mm. Like, I it was a it was a turning point into finding like heavier music and kind of it it was uh, what sobered me up from new metal. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, and I, I I guess there's not too far of a divide. Like re-listening to some early Metallica records. There's like for sure a difference between Metallica and Slayer, but it's not like once you get to the Black Album, it's like okay, or even Master of Puppets, it's like all right, there's a big difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anything after Master of Puppets is like, but Ride the Lightning, I will still play. Yeah, Sean likes that album that's after Master of Puppets. Uh, it's like Judgment something or oh, and Justice for All is good. Yeah, Justice for All. Yeah. That's the one after Master. Of Puppets. Okay, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, basically Black Album and Beyond is garbage. Yeah. Um, they had one called Garage Inc. that was all cover songs, and some of those are pretty cool, hmm. but only because they're covers. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Um, RJ, what's your relationship with Slayer? <laughs> I can't imagine RJ is a big Slayer head. So to fool you, <laughs> Devin's like, listen to the Show No Mercy album, and I'm like, it's got like a – Goat on thing with like a star. A bat. He's like, no. Baphomet. He's like, Baphomet. He's like, Baphomet. Well, you got to realize I was a wee lad that was listening to Eminem and probably You're <laughs> a, a young Filipino boy. Yeah. He showed <laughs> goat devil. So I was like listening. <laughs> we to We eat the goat in my country, <laughs> and I remember just being like, okay, because Devin was very involved with music back in the day. So he'd be like, check out this new artist, check out this artist, check out. I was like, I don't know who any of these people are. So I have like a literally burnt CD on top of burnt CD. I was like, okay, I have never listened to those, but I've listened to some of those. And I was like, I knew that it wasn't like my top 10, 
but it's just like you know i might have more appreciation for it nowadays but i've heard the show no mercy i've heard a little like other knickknacks by them but i've never given slayer a chance really didn't you see them at ozfest no it was a marilyn manson with they were the opener i went for manson okay (laughs) i mean you You went for manson more about that you came home for slayer (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so you're going to see Marilyn Manson. Mm-hmm. It wasn't at Ozfest. No. Just was Marilyn Manson just by himself? No, he was the headliner. Headliner, and then uh, Slayer opened. Oh, okay. Slayer opening for Marilyn Manson. Isn't Man. that something? That is something. <laughs> it really tells you about the downfall of Western society. So literally, they're sitting there, just you know, just like shredding on the guitar, and then all of a sudden, you have a guy yeah. with like titties, like. Yeah, humping the the stage, and you're like, all right, that's weird. Johnny Five playing beat boop sounds on his guitar. <laughs> is his name Johnny Five? Uh, this is old art. You're the Marilyn Manson fan. That's why I'm asking you. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how there was like a a time when guitarists who were great guitarists still needed to stand out more for some reason. And even bassist. So, like, what's his face from? It's from System of Down, right? The bassist just would black out his eyes with contacts. Oh, biscuit. 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 That's the guitarist, West Borland. Oh yeah, yeah. And then there's like Buckethead, who's like shreds on guitar. on my bucket. Yeah, (laughs) it's a Buckethead list. You know, I think it all started with Slash, where he's like always wearing sunglasses and a dumbass voodoo hat. It's like you could just stand up there and shred, bro. You don't need to do yeah. anything fancy. <laughs> yeah. Um, Barja, how'd you feel towards this song? Uh, th- th- it was okay. Um, <laughs> it was long. It doesn't was feel like, long to me. No, <laughs> I was just like, it feels just right. I was like, it works. You know, I do appreciate it after, like, you know, the first song. I was like, they kind of go nicely together. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, okay. Um, I do appreciate the wizard being part of this and the previous albums too. How so? I was just like, you worked some magic. <laughs> but how? Uh, I don't know magic, Dylan, so I'm not sure. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm an ordinary human being. You're no a wizard powers. Yes, I'm a muggle. Oh, yeah. I should have known. <laughs> I can sense muggles. There's no jizzard wizard in me. <laughs> I remember when Harry Potter came out. He's going to make you a mudblood. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so racist. You can't say that. Yeah. That's, that's fucked up. Uh, I remember when uh, Harry Potter came out, there's this weird kid in my middle school class, and he used to call me a muggle all the time. And I'm like, I don't know what that means, but it sounds <laughs> offensive. I didn't find out for like 10 years. And I was like, oh, that's what that kid was saying. <laughs> It's funny. Um, yeah, something I really appreciate about this song in particular is the solo in it, uh, because it's to me for like a metal band, it's a fairly restrained, yes. nice solo. Yeah, uh, which I really appreciate. Yeah, yeah. It's especially for this guitarist, Carrie King, mm-hmm. who is like known for thrash metal shredding, mm-hmm. like. Anything in the thrash metal and even going into like grindcore kind of is modeled after uh, the like those three or four albums. I think it, like Hell Awaits, Rain and Blood, and South of Heaven, and Seasons of the Abyss. It's like 
those are the benchmarks for that whole genre of music. Mm. So he's just known for that. That and like Pantera, yeah. like Dimebag Daryl solos. Anything played on a Marshall, basically. And a, a BC Rich fucking guitar. Yeah. The wizards of guitars. Right. You know, it's like, it is, it's crazy to hear something that's just like drawn out. Yeah. And like, nice. lets the notes speak, speak for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So moving on, we've got Roulette Dares, The Haunt of by the Mars Volta. Um, it's off the album De Laust in the. Com- Comatorium? Comatorium, I Comatorium. think. Comatorium. Uh, it's track number three off the album, coming in at a crisp seven minutes and 31 seconds. Uh, this album is the debut studio album from the Mars Volta, released in 2003, on Gold Standard Laboratories and Universal Records, based on a short story written by lead singer uh, Cedric Bixler-Zavala and sound manipulation artist Jeremy Michael Ward. The concept album is an hour-long tale of Serpent Text, a man who enters a week-long coma after overdosing on a mixture of morphine and rat poison. Uh, the, story, there. <laughs> the story of Serapin uh, Text alludes to the death of El Paso, Texas artist and Bixler Zavala's friend, Julio Vengas, um, co-produced by Rick Rubin and guitarist Omar Rodriguez Lopez. It is the only studio album to feature founding member uh, Jeremy Michael Ward. Who is found dead in an apartment, uh, or dead on an apparent heroin overdose, one month before the album was released? Uh, following the departure of Eva Gardner, who had appeared on the band's early demos and EP, Red Hot Chili Peppers bassist Flea performed on Deloused. Oh, that's right. He played trumpet. Yeah. Or maybe that was on the next one, but yeah, he played trumpet on one of them. Yeah. Uh, the music contained in Deloused is distinguished by its enigmatic lyrics, Latin and jazz rhythms, and Omar Rodriguez Lopez's phonetic guitarists, which are often strongly dissonant. Uh, the title of the album is taken from the lyrics of the song Inuch Provo- Provocateur on the band's previous release, Tremulant. Uh, the cover artwork is by Storm Thorkinson. Thorkinson. Um, all right. So, I want to say, I don't know which I, which I heard first. Because this is another Misfits Danzig situation. Yeah. Um, do you know which one you heard first? Ooh, that's tough. Um, I think I heard At The Drive-In first. I did. Like, probably I Pattern heard- Against User. I heard One Arm Scissor as a music video when mm. it came out with uh, Thursday's Full Collapse, mm. um, mm-hmm. Understanding the Car Crash. Mm. That makes sense. Literally back to back. I have a very vivid memory of that now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I think I'm with you. I think I heard At the Drive-In first, but I don't think that because The Widow from Francis the Mute is like probably arguably their biggest song. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And that Francis the Mute was probably a couple years, so like 2005 ish. Yeah. It was after this. So, um, and that song was huge. But I don't think I knew. At, I, I don't think when I first heard the Mars Volta that they were from that band. I would, yes. I would say I heard at the drive in first, but mm-hmm. I got into Mars Volta first. Mm hmm. You know, I listened to, like, a full album by them. 
or like decided to listen to them rather than just heard them show up. Like somebody showed them to me or, or what? I don't know. Yeah. And I personally prefer at the drive-in, um, but I really like this album and I like a, several yeah. songs from Francis the Mute. I tried yeah. getting into the other one, the f- the follow up uh, to Francis the Mute. Dustin really uh, likes that album. The one that has Goliath on it is fucking rad. Yeah, that's the one Dustin really likes. That one's good. I like that one. But uh, and then Francis the Mute was it was good. Yeah. And but this the last in the Comatorium is my favorite by far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so when I was looking at Brig Rubin stuff and I and I saw this, mm-hmm. I was like. What? <laughs> like, yeah. I was like blown away the fact that he produced this album. Yeah. So like he must have had to have known about the drive-in. Yeah, that's the. I mean, where were they before? Like, were they going to make it into even close to the mainstream without Rick Rubin? Yeah. You yeah. know, like they were at the drive-in who nobody knew. Right. You know, they're South American punk band. Post- <laughs> yeah. Post hardcore band. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so like he must have had known them or heard them and then when he got brought up with this project, I mean, I can't think of anyone else like it makes sense that he's involved with them only because their sounds you need like a master you need a wizard. Yes. To conjure the sounds. Yeah. <laughs> There's some conjuring going on here. I think they hailed payment. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody owes somebody a soul. Yeah, yeah, uh, but art- it's, it's the closest thing we have to like psychedelia today, or at that time. Yeah, at uh, the time for sure. Yeah, there was nothing else coming out, and no, I mean, I'm sure there was somewhere, but nothing close to the mainstream that would actually blend good rock with psychedelia. Yeah, I I've grown to appreciate the Mars Volta more as I'm getting older. I think during the time when they were really popping, I was just listening to so much hardcore, and I was just like. These songs are too long. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's basically Yoko Ono style vocals over Afro Cuban beats yeah. with electric guitar. <laughs> yeah, with you the flair of Jimmy Page. Yes. Yeah. And it somehow <laughs> comes together. Yeah. You know? But imagine they're all wearing bell bottoms. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Uh, RJ, what's your relationship with the Volta? I don't think I have much of a relationship. Mm. Um, I've heard it because it's just whatever you guys played, but I think this is my prime ludicrous stage. <laughs> okay. so I was right. just like, I have no interest in your guys' screaming. I want Luda. It's Hell prime yeah. Luda. Yeah, so I was just like, I've heard it. I'm like, you know. This is Cadillac Grills. Cadillac Grills? Oh, this is probably chicken and beer time. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're deep in it. That's after. Yeah. I think 2001 yeah, RJ's was his knee Cadillac. deep in Luda. <laughs> I think this is I think this is around chicken and the beer, or maybe the year after. Yeah. But anyway, so the, that was That's the time. Ludicrous so, album, chicken and beer is one of his albums. Yeah. <laughs> no, Archer's just being racist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's called chicken and malt liquor, but they have the same title. But uh, just from like history, chicken and beer is two thousand three. Yeah, chicken oh, and beer is also dude, fucking delicious. This album cover is fantastic. Oh, isn't it great? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ever Devin just for you know. <laughs> near, 
near knowledge of ludicrous. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it for a while. Just look, right. it up, look, it look it up. <laughs> so, but no, like this time I was not really listening to the type of music. I've heard like it's kind of the similar thing to when Devin's like, eh, listen to this, you know, show no mercy. I'm like, eh, I'm not, not, I don't listen to that. Oh, he's salting them wings. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I, I do like just this song in general. I do, I enjoyed it. Like I, I didn't like. Oh, I'm not like into this type of music. But this one, I was just like, I liked. It was just all over the place. I liked the guy's voice. I never got into at the driving either. I, I knew of them. It's just one of those where I'm like associated. Like I feel like that was like a, a Brent band. Yeah. And then Mars Volta was a Jeff band. No. No. <laughs> I heard somebody play it all the time, and I was just like, ah, okay. <laughs> You mean Dustin? Dustin. It might have been Dustin. Yeah. yeah I was just like, I don't know what you guys are playing. Oh, Five Men Right. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so a Jeff was, band would be like Azalea Dying. Oh, that was <laughs> or Jeff. Pepper. Ah, gross. So, Sorry. Sorry, well, Pepper. What's well, the backcountry band? Avenged Sevenfold. Yeah. Oh, bad. <laughs> yeah. That's a Brent band. Yeah. So System of Down, ironically. Yeah. Another wow. Rick Rubin album. Yeah. <laughs> so it's one of those where it's like I enjoy this, especially just in the middle. I feel like the three songs kind of worked with each other. I'm not going to talk about four yet, but I feel like the, <laughs> <laughs> the first three, I was like, all right, they go with each other. Yeah, it's a nice flow. A nice yeah, rock flow. Yeah. I was like, good job, Michael. I think we <laughs> flow into some rock next, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I oh, mean, I did not know that Two Chains used to be known as Titty Boy. Oh yeah, I did not know. Oh that. yeah, Titty Boy. He, yeah, man. How many titties you like? I like two. Really <laughs> fucked up on that one. <laughs> two, two Chains. chains. He could have been Titty Boy. Titty Boy. <laughs> oh, man, he could have been known as Two Titty Boy. You know he's kicking himself for that one. Yeah. yeah. Oh shit! You got Fitty on a bonus track on this album. Fitty, you mean formerly known as Titty? Yeah. <laughs> Blow It Out Remix has got a feature in 50 Cent. Hmm. RJ, you also have a skit on here called Teabagging. Oh, there's some classics. <laughs> Wait, was Titty Boy featured on Chicken and Beer? Yeah, he's on He's so on was, We Got. Is he credited as 2 Chains or Titty Boy? As Titty Boy. Oh, sick. It <laughs> goes into history. Uh, I think he was actually like really high up in the U.S. Navy or something like that. He's like, I gotta change my name. <laughs> no, no, he started rapping after that, but he, like, had a whole military career, then he's like, I'm Titty Boy now. <laughs> he's out of the military. I've seen some shit in the Middle East and I'm Titty Boy now. I'm gonna fucking Superman them hoes. Oh, well, the classic. Okay, so back for the first time, 2000, that's Cadillac Grills. Okay. Uh, then Word of Mouth, 2001. That's uh, the one with the big hits. Yeah, that's straight up fire. Yeah. And then you got chicken and beer two years later. Okay. Oh, yeah, this is prime. Like, you left off incognito. <laughs> he just didn't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> you can say that. That's fine. <laughs> no, it's so funny. I, on Saturday, I was uh, I was out to lunch with some friends, and uh, our friend's boyfriend is like half black. And in Folsom, there's Negro Bar. Yeah. Like, you know that area? Mm-hmm. So he's from somewhere else. And he's like, yeah, first time we were hanging out, like, she was talking about going to Negro Bar. And I was like, what the fuck she say? And then, like, <laughs> and then it's like her sister started saying it. And then my friend's son comes up. He's like, yeah, let's go to Negro Bar. He's like, is kids racist, too? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, 
yeah, my friends was like, my friend was like, yeah, I just didn't realize that it was like a racist word. He's like, it's not a racist word, but it's just not a word you hear every day. It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. That's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like this Mars Volta song. I think it's a great song. Uh, I like this Mars Volta album. It's all good. It's all good, baby. Oh, yeah, it's all good. Yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> now, Where are we going next? RJ, you have a lot to say on this next song, okay? I Well, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> no. It would be for R, for Mike, but it's going to be for RJ. No, I'm just prepping RJ. He has to he, – he's got a lot to say on this next song. RJ, you got some splaining <laughs> to do. <laughs> All right. So track number four, we've got Love Game by Eminem featuring the great Kendrick Lamar. It's track number 14 off this album coming out at four minutes and 56 seconds i would say the song is at least a minute and a half too long mm-hmm. uh the marshall mathers lp2 is the eighth studio album from eminem it was released in 2013 by aftermath Re- entertainment shady records interscope it serves as a sequel to his third album the marshall mathers lp recorded from 2012 to 2013 with several producers including Dre and Rick Rubin. Uh, it features guest appearances from Skylar Gray, Rihanna, Nate Roos, Kendrick Lamar, among others. Um, the idea of a sequel to the Marshall Mathers LP came about after Eminem recorded a handful of songs in the early stages of the creation of the album that reminded him of his earlier music. Though, Eminem wanted to experiment with retro vintage sounds from turntablism for the sequel. The album draws influences from arena rock and old school hip hop, mainly inspired by the Beastie Boys licensed to Ill era and LL Cool J's radio era. While the production is more minimalist than Eminem's previous records. The Marshall Mathers LP two was regarded as one of the most anticipated albums of 2013. The album was revealed during the 2013 MTV Music Awards. Uh, uh, let's see. It was followed by two more singles, Survival, Rap God, The Monster, featuring Rihanna, which was released as the album's fourth single. Um, it debuted at number one on the U.S. Billboard 200, selling more than 792,000 copies in its first week. This album? This album. You got to realize every Eminem's okay does that. <laughs> In March 2017, it was certified quadruple platinum. So, <laughs> wow. Uh, in June 2013, uh, says I've been working on Eminem's new album. And I'm very excited about that. The track list reveal showed Bad Guy as the opening track, and S1 confirmed that he and vocalist Sarah. Jaffe, one half of S1's duo, The Dividends, are featured on the song. Um, and does the all right? So, when I was on the hunt, I was searching for some truffles, RJ. Yeah. You got some truffles, I was sniffing it, <laughs> sniffing it out, and I saw a little gem in the Rick Rubin produced discography, and I was like. And mine them. What are you doing on here? Mine them. How'd you get here? <laughs> and then I was like, 2013 
Eminem record. Never heard any of the songs from it. <laughs> I know familiar n- title <laughs> to the album, though, right? I guess I didn't know that he made a follow up to it. Mm, neither did I. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I know nothing of the state of entertainment involved with Eminem during this album. <laughs> okay, yeah. But then I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I looked up the album and I saw the idea for it okay and i was like oh that's super interesting because like of course you're gonna get the guy who pioneered that style of music if you're going to make a new album in the vein of that style of music right i was Mm -hmm. like oh how fascinating eminem and a part of his career that i know nothing about that i'm assuming no one cared about makes an album with the biggest producer ever as a throwback album to a decade when he wasn't even making music. So like the music that he grew up on. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, that's fascinating. And then I saw that there's a Kendrick song on here. Granted, I have not listened to any other song on the album. Neither have I, (laughs) but I saw Kendrick and I was like, this one's gotta work going on. Because he just has a way. He has a way. To make anything that is either I don't care about, mediocre, or like on the verge of being good, he just tips it over to be like, that's that's Kendrick. (laughs) He's a wizard. Yeah. Oh, he is a wizard in himself. (laughs) That's true. Now, RJ. Yes. You are the. Uh, foremost expert on the podcast of Eminem. <laughs> yes. What is your relationship to this album? If any? um, so this album, I I was intrigued when I first heard about it because I think it was like three years after Recovery. Recovery, I think, was the the changing point because he came out with Relapse after he's like, hey, I overdosed and I was like in <laughs> rehab for a while. Okay. So so he came back after like five years of nothing. Oh. Uh, yeah, he literally had Encore in like 2009. I forgot what year that was. But literally that was – you listen to Encore and it just got weird. It was just like all his like ass like that songs. And I was like, oh, they're all just annoying. And then literally he just disappeared for a couple of years. Uh, he just overdosed on pills. And then he came out with Relapse where he just emphasized his vocal – <laughs> like the way that he does it, he's like, I'm the serial killer. And he did that weird voice throughout the whole thing. And people are like, that's kind of annoying. Mm. So he's just like, all right, I'm going to make like a better album. So he came out the next year with a recovery. And he, it was like all those with like Rihanna and all the big names. And it was like a very like emotional driven one where he's just rapping over it, not doing the weird voices. And he kind of emphasizes that like, hey, I know you guys made fun of it. Sorry, fucked up. And then literally, I think three years passed by, and then he comes out with this Marshall Mathers LP2, and I was like, okay, I'm intrigued. Big title. Yeah. It was, <laughs> yeah. Well, the second one, he literally got the fame from the first one. The second mm-hmm. one was like, this is you are now the big artist. From here on out, you're going to get the number one selling al- album. Was there any hype leading up to it? Yeah, and they talked about it. Uh, I knew about it, so it's like, you know, they hyped okay. it up. But, you know, I don't have MTV. I don't yeah, know, yeah. So it's like they might have done a lot more stuff on it. It was a weird gray area for media and just consuming stuff like that in the first place. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Especially like, nowadays. It was all in our face before because that's all we had. But mm-hmm. nowadays, it's like, or back then, that was that time where it's like, we have internet, we have TV. 
are we watching TV? Like, where should we put the information? Like, shit was yeah. coming out, and it's like, like Mac Miller came out of fucking nowhere around this time, mm-hmm. and I didn't find out about him until like six years later. And everybody's like, "You don't know about Mac Miller? He just died." I'm like, <laughs> "Who is he? Mac DeMarco? Yeah, I know Mac DeMarco. <laughs> yeah, MacDonald. I know Mac McDonald. Mickey D's." <laughs> Chick fil A. No, Mac from It's Always Sunny? I know Mac. Yeah. But uh, literally, I heard about this one and I was intrigued by it. I have listened to it. It is his newer style that he does where he's just like, literally, I think I got so tired of the Rap God song. Um, I was like, I get it. What does that mean, newer style? He he has his I can rap very fast and I could throw a lot of things in. And he's he's, not always been like that? No. Uh, It was more. (laughs) I, mean, I think if, before his stuff was like gimmicky. So what you were saying about uh, relapse was he was doing that voice. Yes. The, that. So that's like the gimmicky voice where he would switch in and out of that. It was like a Nicki Minaj. Uh, like you this know, song. Like Nicki, yes, exactly. Like Kendrick <laughs> in this song, for example. But I know he did an interview where he's just like, I hate. Like my old albums, he's like, I don't like them at all because I'm really? not in time. He's like, I, there's so many like things I can. I'm off beat. I'm all this, and then I look at the, his nowadays stuff where it's just like you got the standard beat where he's just like I can rap over it. Versus now, he's like, I want to see how many syllables I can throw within that little time frame, hmm. and he does that over and over again. And I'm like, I, okay, I, it's not for me. It's a different gimmick. Yeah, he, he's doing yeah. that thing, and the you know the rap god came out, and it was just like, wow, you're you're fast. I got it. Yeah. And I was just like, okay. That song he came out with with Logic, Godzilla? I don't know the title of that one, but yeah. Uh, kind of cool. I mean, <laughs> they were fast. He did one with yeah. um, Andre Nicotino. Nic- no, not Andre Nicotino. No, it didn't. Tech Nine. Andre Nicotino was probably no. overdosed on cocaine by now. He has a Tech Nine. He did, went back and forth with <gasps> It's really fast. It's a fast song. They go quick. Shit. Uh, Stamina. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, literally, I heard it, and I think the only nostalgia of this is, like, he does go back to previous songs from, like, that one where he's just like, hey, like, he says something about Columbine, and he's just like, oh, yeah, I got in trouble back in the day, but now I'm not as famous, so I can say the shit, and you guys won't yell at me. Okay, so lyrically, he goes back. He goes back to, and forth. Like, he'll, he'll to say stuff about him. Marshall Mathers LP1. Yes. But this isn't a. Um, a remix, remastered no, of all new stuff. LP one. It's all new songs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, because he has a like later on, he goes back to uh, I think it's like the Eminem show where he has cleaning out the closet where he just makes fun of his mom the whole time. So he has one that was actually a single off this one where he's just like, "All right, I'm older, I'm wiser. I'm sorry, mom. Don't want to make fun of you. Like I, I don't want to okay. put you down. I grew as a person. I knew you did the best as you could, and that was like one of his. I think headlights with the what's that guy from what band that is? Oh, that one sounds familiar. Adam Levine. It's some, something. It's not <laughs> right, but, but something like that. But literally, Barrington he, Levy. He was just like he's just kind of looking back to everything. That Michael he did. McDonald. But he tries to do that. <laughs> but he just tries to go back and just kind of analyze everything, analyze everything that he's done in the past. And then he has songs like Berserk that I absolutely hate. Which yeah. I think that's from this album. I think Berserk? This is, yeah, that Berserk is, is the lead okay. single from... Hey, I, that is a Rick Rubin one. <laughs> Okay. All right. <laughs> it's a think Beastie Boys. Well, did it work for 
how did this album do? It, it debuted at number one, right? Yeah, it, it did Eminem very has been well. number it's one ever. Platinum. Quadruple very, platinum. It did, did very well. <laughs> That's interesting. I don't know any singles off of this one. Well, Berserk, Survival, and Rap God, and The Monster. Oh, Rap God's on this one. Yeah. And Monster is the... the Just gonna stand here and march it down. I don't know. With Rihanna? <laughs> it's with Rihanna. I think Ariana is officially worth a billion dollars now. She should be. <laughs> Just for dead ass. Good job, Riri. Yeah. All right. So, uh, RJ, walk me through your thought process on this song. Like, walk me through how you feel towards it. What does it conjure for you? How do you feel? Uh, kind of remember how I told you I hate his new stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does fall into his new stuff? No. Oh, yeah. This is his new stuff. It's so funny because, like, I'm so not an Eminem fan that I don't see a difference at all. No, no. It, it's, I mean, literally, yeah. if you look at it outside of you, you're just like, it sounds like Eminem. Got he's it. doing all the Eminem-isms. Yeah. Like anything he's doing Eminem-isms. <laughs> anything that I've ever heard Eminem do, he does it all in this song. Yeah. Like, after, um, after recovery, he changed his style. So, from what I understand, Still don't the, know uh, what that means. <laughs> the, well, the relapse was all the annoying voice. Well, well think about this. Recovery was all. Yeah, like, relapse was annoying. Recovery was like the, the, the most. Fast rap? No. Okay. Then it turns into Tech Nine, the rest of it. So, this album is Tech Nine. Yeah, yeah. After recovery and then on, it's just, I want to see how fast I can go. I like some of the themes you were talking about, how he was taking things from the other albums and, you know, that was like saying thing, yeah. that he's grown from it and changing, like. Uh, addressing it, I guess. Like I liked that artistically, so I would be curious to listen to this one after listening to the older ones. It sounds like relapse and recovery are just like, yeah, skip it. Nobody needs to listen to those. Recovery is cool because it was like, all right, you're the emotional ones, or whatever. But it was just like, I'm glad that he stepped away from relapse. I got tired of relapse. Okay, it was all like the the horror core rap style, like the whole album. Yeah. I mean, he should just join ICP if he wants to do oh, that. Oh, no, it was like literally ICP yeah. and him couture, even though they're not friends. Apparently, he shot paintball at them. But paintball. Oh, <laughs> such a white fucking rapper thing to do. <laughs> there was like court cases about it oh back in the day. Oh, my God. Yeah. But lyrically, whiter is to sue about a paintball gun. It, I find it interesting that lyrically in 2013, he sounds the exact same Eminem that I heard when I was a kid. Yeah, that's why I was asking if this was a remix album to the original Marshall Mathers LP, and they just added Kendrick. You know, no, because like are listen, okay. this at the end. So I confess, I'm a static addict. I guess that's why I'm so clingy. Every girl I've ever had either says I got too much baggage or I'm too fucking dramatic. Man, what the fuck is the matter? I'm just fucking romantic. I fucking love you, you fucking bitch. Like, if that's not an Eminem line. Yeah. <laughs> okay, take that, but probably take out half the amount of lyrics that he said, and that would have been his first, like, four or five albums. Oh, it's just the <laughs> fucking bitch, you fucking bitch, over no, no, and that, over. That, that's fine. Yeah. That's, that's Eminem. That's original Eminem. Yeah. But he would have killed you on Kim. <laughs> so, like, JD, fucking bitch, fucking chainsaw to your fucking head, bitch. Yeah, okay, so, so Eminem. Yeah. But then you got... I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. I was like, okay, that yeah, new Eminem, Tech Nine. Yeah, Einstein, so I was like, you get nine. out of here, Tech Nine Einstein. Who got the motherfucking house on lock? But okay, but okay, I know that you're you're an 
a peanut M and M fan. Okay, so I love the peanut M and M or the peanut butter. Oh. All right, God, I thought this, we were talking peanut from 311 for a second. I got <laughs> excited. Let's funnel down to just this song, okay? okay? Because I feel like what you're explaining to me as fast Eminem rapping is not in this song. No, fast Eminem is not. Right. But this is the album with Crap God, which was like, oh, I'm trying to break records. Right. right. So let's, let's funnel down to just love game, RJ. Yeah, he does yeah. go faster in this one. It's he not does? His, yeah, it, this is like faster stuff. It, it's not like Rap God, but he does go faster than you would say if you're like, oh, listen to this first like four or five albums. But he also slows down a little bit. He does. And he also he goes <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> See, those are little things. That, when that, you that, isolate that is Eminem. The, that is Eminem. You <laughs> isolate the tracks. You're like, what makes this song so good? And it's little stuff like that that you don't notice. <laughs> That track four that's that's basically if you listen to older Eminem, that's all Ken Kenef stuff. <laughs> Alright, so how'd you feel? So okay, musically, how'd you feel towards this? Like if you let's let's separate the lyrics and the vocals, how'd you feel towards the music? Just the, like the beat? Yeah, the guitar. The uh, it was it's all right. <laughs> it's, all right. A, it's a sample. What's that sample from? I don't know what it was from. Uh, I was curious about that. It is from. I don't know if it is it's a fifty song. It is. Might be from a game show, actually. Uh, Let me look it up. So you didn't care too much for the music. They were actually very. I mean, just the whole album. They did a lot of samples on this one. Like a lot of just like you know. From previous songs, like like I said, the Berserk, I think it was a Beastie Boys song. Um, oh, it was. But they are very Wayne involved. Fontana and the Mindbenders Game of Love. Oh, game. Okay, I was like, yeah, it's top ten. For yeah, me. yeah, I, Wayne Fontana. No, I said game show, and I was like, I don't know why I'm thinking game show, but I think Game of Love. Okay. To hear what this sounds like. But like just in general, I know like previous Eminem, they were very I don't know how to describe that. It was very Everybody knows this song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, we're slurp it up, it. baby. Slurp it up. Eminem oh, <laughs> This is a jam. I can't tell yeah. you how much Banger. that little part gets stuck in my head. <laughs> so, like, the beat was, it was, I mean, it was catchy, like you said, that, that little part. And then it just kind of. He wasn't super fast, and it did have Eminem's crazy, like gimmicky stuff that he always does in there. So yeah, that that's classic in there. Someone sucking a golf ball through a hose or something or a straw. Yeah, he talked about sucking uh, dick. Yeah. <laughs> classic Eminem. <laughs> Tight. Um, but I mean, overall, I think it's just the new. That's uh, just now. How'd you feel I towards think- Kendrick? I like Kendrick. <laughs> I don't know if I'm a huge fan of his part on here. Really? So 
what the fuck is happening? <laughs> uh, well, I think just in I think general, it's too close to the source. We're in the topsy turvy <laughs> upside down right now. So I think in general, if you look back to most of his like first two albums, he was just angry. Then he's like, "I'm a millionaire, so I don't have to be angry anymore." But he got and then more Kendrick or Eminem? Eminem. Okay. So then, literally, you have Eminem go from there, and then he's just like, "Ooh, I can buy more drugs with my my million dollars." So yeah. he just gets more fucked up, and throughout his albums, they get weirder and weirder. So it's just like I think I liked his angry stuff that he had before. Before um, he had his drugs. Yes. Okay. You so like, then it turns into this, and I was like, "It's not angry. It's not angry at all. This is about like suck my golf ball through your your, your straw." Mm. So you eliminate the struggle from the artist, and the artist fails to produce pertinent music. I think I liked his first two albums were probably my favorite Eminem's. Mm. You like young, toxic, masculinity male rap. Yeah. I mean, that sounds good. <laughs> I didn't like it until you put it that way, and now I love it. I mean, yeah. is, I, I, I don't think any Eminem fan would disagree with your statement. Being like, yeah, his first couple albums are his best albums. <laughs> Not like yeah. a former roommate. He's like rap god, best song in the world. <laughs> That's true. He's like actually. you want to hear me rap the whole yeah. thing, all this new stuff. Great, great. And I was like, okay, that is a thing. A bunch of white people know the lyrics to rap god. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't know them. <laughs> I've, ne- I've never heard the song. I don't. Oh, you've think. heard. You've heard the I've roommate heard. rap it. <laughs> That's true. I, I have heard it when he lived here. Yeah. He's like, Do you want to hear Devin? He's like, No, I don't. I'm playing fucking guitar. I can rap all the Logic songs too. Yeah. I'm playing Chris Stapleton on guitar. I can <laughs> rap rap God to that if you want. Always <laughs> yeah. smooth. Yeah, fucking the rap God. So you don't care for the music. You don't care for this era of Eminem, and you don't like Kendrick. He was fine. Interesting. I think Eminem is fine. I I think you're too close to the source on this, RJ. I think think so. He broke your heart, and you're not willing to. I've stated I'm not a fan of the new Eminem. (laughs) I haven't even listened to his last two albums. I don't even know what they are. Your two favorite artists just shattered your heart. Yeah. And mine. I mean, Blink's not on here. Yeah. (laughs) They were. I don't know. That's true. Like I, I have some favorite artists, but like. They, they haven't done like, me dirty. Yeah, Bear vs. Shark, like, I mean, they're like Jesus. They died at the right age. You know, they didn't live <laughs> they, too long. They died. If Eminem would have died, like, you know, exactly. the Drug Eminem overdose. show, yeah. I would have been like, cool, first three albums, fire. True. Yeah, what would happen to Mac Miller if he was still around today? He'd uh, be touring with Macklemore oh, and no. <laughs> Dua Lipa. <laughs> if he had, uh, oh, do we still yeah. get 8 Mile if he died after Encore? Uh, yes, he, I think oh, so. What if he did a uh, Brandon Crow, Brandon fucking what's his name, Brandon Lee on the Crow, and died on the set of Eight Mile? Hell yeah. Would that would have been his that's the perfect way yeah. to go. Yeah, just before he does bars, any of this shit stuff, mic drop and just as the mic drops and hits to the stage, he just dies. Gets electrocuted because there's a puddle of water <laughs> and somebody set up the microphone wrong. There's a puddle of mud. <laughs> She fucking hates him. <laughs> okay, so RJ's not a fan of the song. Yeah, it, it was all right. It was all right. I fucking liked it. I, I'm with you, Devin. Yeah. <laughs> There's like, I know that the song is 
not a great song, but every time I listen to it, I have a good time. <laughs> yeah, I get happy. It, put, it puts a smile on my face. Like the uh, and I love Kendrick over that yes. groove. Yes, it works and so well to me. I love how it changes in the chorus, uh, and Kendrick comes in like it changes to that yeah. like it changes the the beat, and then jumps back into it for the verse. And I was like thinking. While the chorus was happening, I was like, is Kendrick just here to feature on the chorus? Because that's fucking weird for a feature. Right. Like, it's weird for a feature to be in the chorus at all, usually. But uh, I, I was like, okay, whatever. And then he comes in with that verse. And I'm like, oh, this is sick. And then he does the Nicki Minaj Roman thing mm-hmm. and changes his personality throughout the, the rap. I'm like, okay, it's cool. Eminem's parts, I wasn't paying attention lyrically to it, but I was fine with it over the beat. And then I was also thinking Kendrick Lamar fits in really well with the Slim Shady type beats. Yeah. And I could see him as a member of D12 fitting in just fine. See, I if just, he had a verse on Purple Pills, he could, I really think diving into as many as freaking features as I've heard of Kendrick at this point, I think mm-hmm. he can just work on any style of hip hop. I think I, so. I really do. Yeah. He's just that versatile, but it's also he just stands out. And know? he does pick like um from the few that I've heard, like I sent you that Busta Rhymes one the other mm-hmm. night. Yeah, great. It's a good one. And it's a great uh backing track too. Mm-hmm. It's something that I would listen to as a backing track. Like take Busta Rhymes out of the equation. Yeah, like, I don't that's think a good beat. Busta doesn't work on that beat to me. No, exactly. He's too that's, aggressive. Well, and it's kind of the same thing here with uh, Eminem. Like, he works on it, but it's not an Eminem beat, really. But it's like, it's it sounds like white people music, so it works to me. Yeah. Like, to <laughs> me, like, Eminem, like, his beats are like cartoon beats. Yeah, exactly. It's like Looney yeah. Tunes beats. Yeah. And this is on the verge of that because it is an obvious sample, but it still has, like, some Looney Tunes quality to it. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it, though. Yeah, I don't mind it. Every time it comes on, it puts me in a good mood. And I I always get the love, love, love stuck Mm -hmm. in my head. (laughs) Do, 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 do. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't make me want to listen to the rest of the album, though, because I didn't know what it was. (laughs) I looked at it. I looked at it like... uh, like some animal that I've never seen before in the wild, and I just stared at it from a distance, and I was like, "What are we doing here? Yeah, are we gonna get into this?" I was like, "No, I'm not ready for it." RJ, would you have ever seen it? Thought you'd see a day where Devin would like a 2013 Eminem song? I figured that if I didn't like it, that means he probably would have liked okay. it. Okay, it's Devin. <laughs> I'm like, I hate that. He's like, actually, it's my top ten. <laughs> You can read my notes right now. now. Those are my legitimate (laughs) thoughts on this. Oh, RJ fucking hates it. (laughs) I love it then. Uh, I changed my mind then. I fucking love it. That was all right. Uh, (laughs) Wait, what's your favorite Eminem song? And I will listen to it and give you my honest opinion. Stained. Uh, It it would be all earlier stuff. I don't know. You say stained? It's stained. Oh, I thought you said stained. By Dildo? Or featuring Dildo? I mean, I like I I like that song, in th- in theory. Do features count? Eminem features like on another. Yeah, I mean, if that's RJ's favorite song, I'll accept it. RJ, like which ones? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Forgot about Dre. 
Yeah, he was featured on that. He was uh, forever with Little Wayne, Kanye. You mean uh, the nowadays everybody got something to say, but some of them with lips. <laughs> no, I don't like that one. The way I am. That's Dr. Dre. No, that's, no, just, that's just oh, that's him. <laughs> He's trying. He's trying really hard. Is that your favorite? Yeah. What's your favorite? I, I don't know. Top of my head. Top of your head. I haven't heard it. <laughs> I don't think you've heard most of them. <laughs> I've heard a lot of his songs. The first two albums. Yeah. That's exclusively what I've heard. Is it but Come On, it, come on Everybody? Uh, is that spelled C-U-M? Yeah. yeah. That sounds like something for the Jizz Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of catchy. Come on, everybody. Get down tonight. Come on, everybody. Get down tonight. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, you might like that one. <laughs> I'm feeling it right now. I don't know. I'll give it a chance sometime. Uh, come on, everybody is about how he gave too many mushrooms to somebody. And she's like, You have my attention. You ate the whole bag? Yo, oh, yeah. Th- listen. Okay. You've got to skip forward like a minute. This sucks. <laughs> How do you prefer this? This is like 99. That's enough of that. Gave a girl herpes? What happened next? <laughs> In exchange for syphilis. You know, it started off interesting, and it could have gone somewhere, but... He didn't do the mushrooms yet. That was, like, that was second verse. Does he do mushrooms, and then it goes into an elaborate beat? No, no. <laughs> nah, I'm not interested. Is your favorite song a Haley song? Haley song? No. I think that's Eminem show, or that's an encore or something. Eminem show. What about um, one of the skits? Is it one of the skits? <laughs> hate the skits. You keep those. <laughs> I always hated skits. I think they need to bring back skits and rap albums. Hell yeah. They you know, do that in some of them. Wu-Tang Clan had the best on 36 Chambers. They fucking, uh, must sew your ass shut and keep feeding you and feeding you and feeding you. And then she goes on the next song. Sick. <laughs> All right. Well, finishing off the mix, we've got Bad Decisions by The Strokes. Off of their 2020 album, The New Abnormal. It's the sixth studio album from them, uh, released April 2020. Uh, The first album following Come Down Machine from 2013. So seven years was in between these two. Um, It was produced by Rick Rubin uh, and recorded at Shangri-La Studio in Malibu. Um, The New Abnormal received positive reviews from critics and and many of whom considered it uh, a return to form. Uh, Bad Decisions is one of the singles from it. Um, it was released February 2020, and a company music video was released on the same day. It incorporates elements of the song Dancing With Myself from Billy Idol. Um, and uh, I believe they performed this song on Saturday Night Live. 
Yeah, so uh, figuring out, I only had like, I really just have this option for this album to make this mix um, because Rick Rubin hasn't produced any albums other than this so far into 2020. Um, I think he's working on a, fuck, what's that band that I don't like? Um, uh, fucking, uh, Old Town, Nas X, Lil Nas X. No, I like Lil Nas X. Okay. Um, Dick Swingin'. Um, Imagine Dragons. Yeah. Oh, my brother loves that. Yeah. Ah. He's working on their new album. Ah. So. We had the chance to see them at, it was like Launch Fest in Sacramento. So good lineup for the show, mm-hmm. and they were headlining it the last night. Yeah, then we left. Yeah, because it was fucking hot. It was July. <laughs> yeah, it was, so it was an outdoor out. music festival with no seats. In the middle of fucking Sacramento. I saw minus a bear, and I was like, I'm leaving. <laughs> you can get a ride home with somebody else. You can come with me. I'm not watching Imagine Dragons play Radioactive. But then I heard that they had the best live show performance like of the Grammys, and I'm like, kind of wish I saw that. But also, like, I don't like the music. So <laughs> yeah. I really don't care that I left. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really just had this album to choose from. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know The Strokes came out with a new album. Let me listen to it. And I was like, and I listened to some of the songs from it. And I was like, oh, this is actually, like, a pretty decent sounding album. Um, I had this song. And I think the last song on the album, I was debating on which one to put on there. But I uh, decided to put Bad Decisions on there. I think it's a just a really nice sounding pop song from a band that I thought was like a one hit wonder type band. Um, but this album, the songs that I've heard from it are actually pretty good. And I like this song. How'd you feel? Um, I had heard this on SNL first. Oh, okay. Uh, this was the first song they played and then they, you know how they play two songs on SNL mm-hmm. usually? Uh, the second song just sucked. Oh, okay. I don't know what it was. Hmm. Um, I ended up listening to the album maybe not all the way through, but kind of going through the songs. But this one in particular caught my attention when I heard it on SNL. Listened to the recorded version. I was like, this is a good song. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of the album that I heard I did not like. Yeah. But I never got into the strokes. Yeah. Um, like I got into their hit song just because it was around. It's, uh, like it didn't annoy me, but I never bought their album. Um, a lot of those bands I never got into. Those like CBGB style garage rock bands. Yeah, when that was trying to make its renaissance of like yeah, rock is the still vines, a thing. the hives. Yeah. yeah, so I liked I really which sucks because I really like the idea of it and there are like there's actually a lot of good Australian garage rock bands and some other like American garage rock bands that have come around recently that I really like the style of like Japan Droids is a garage rock band technically mm-hmm. I fucking love them yeah um but yeah Strokes never really did it for me and then I heard this song and I I kind of like it and like. I don't like the album, but I, I want to see what they do next if they do something next. Mm-hmm. And I will pay attention to that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah. I, I don't mind the songs on the album because I didn't have any, like, expectations or care at all, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, this song, like, I, I out of this mix, I will never listen to the song again. 
I just think it's a fine song, and I think it's just does its job, and it's there. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. RJ, I, I never got into them, but I don't think I ever hated them. And I was like, I played this literally for somebody I was doing photos with the other day, and they're like, "Who?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot you're like ten." Um, well, you're taking pictures, ten year olds. Yeah, don't parent. Uh, yeah, don't no, say no, that. No, uh, see, no, don't see the truth, so you don't get arrested. <laughs> I had parent consent. Oh god, that makes it garage. worse. <laughs> that makes it worse. <laughs> Real quick, I was thinking about this the other day. You know how people used to get approached in malls by um, like yeah. some random person. Never that's happened. Like, I me. think your child could model for this company. Yeah, yeah. right. That's weird. That used to happen. Mm-hmm. Were those just photographers like you? That were like, I think your child can model. I'm going to take these pictures. I'm going to charge you $500 for it. You can come back for better pictures if you want. And we'll get your name out there. Like, was that just a scam? It might have been. Probably. The it's 90s crazy. were a different time. Bill. So what I'm saying is you shouldn't go out and do that. And just be like, your child is beautiful, man. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to take pictures of it. Go to the Sunrise <laughs> Mall yeah. at 4 p.m. on a Wednesday. I just walk like, around. Yeah. I drive by there and I think I see like six cars out yeah. there. Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> rough out there right now. There's never cars. I there. mean, if somebody's out there with their child, they'll probably just give it to you. It's <laughs> like out of you that, just take my child. Or you have to go to Arden uh, Friday night at nine o'clock. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> popping. <laughs> that in the gallery on Christmas. <laughs> that's the time to that's, be a photographer. That's dangerous. Yeah. I'm going to pee real quick. But literally, it's... So I never hated them. And then I was, like, playing it for somebody that was, like, I don't know how old. But she's like, I don't know who's the Strokes. And I was like, oh, it's this band. And she's like, oh, that song. Yeah, I think I've heard it. But honestly, it's just, like, I never thought anything of it besides, like, you know, it's a, it's a song. I don't hate it. I don't love it. But I heard the song, and I was just like, all right. I remember this band. I had to look up a couple of other songs, and I was like, all right, it's them. I don't... I don't hate this song. It's catchy. And I actually went out of my way to like listen to the rest of their album. Oh, wow. Mind you, I think I had tried to listen to the other albums of other songs too. Danzig, I ended up listening to The Misfits. (laughs) (laughs) Slayer, I listened to Show No Mercy and I was like, "Mm, still not feeling it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The Mars Volta, I kind of went through and I was just like, all right, they're doing their thing. Um, and then Eminem, I was just like, this album. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think I hit this one, and I was like, I actually listened to it. And I was going through it, I was just like, all right, I went out of my way to listen to this. It does all sound like the Strokes. <laughs> and I was just like, I can't get out of that. It's They sound like they sound, which I do appreciate that. But I was like, honestly, I don't love the song, but I appreciate what it is, and I, I enjoyed it, especially as an outro track. This song was my jam. Oh, I like this one. I was like, I enjoy this one. Well, this song. Is he going to play? Beep boop. (laughs) So cool, bro. jam song oh was that on that older album that's that's on room on fire is this it is the last night 
That's before okay. that. I mean, I like some good guitar rock. You like this song? God, why do all their songs start with nothing? <laughs> this one. <laughs> you like this song, right? Yeah. Where have I heard that? Probably just I think it's from the time. Yeah. Just a song in the background somewhere. Yeah. I wish somebody could do something cool with that style of music. Like, like they're doing, they're probably the best at it. But. Well, I just think that they're trying to do two things, which is to make that music mainstream. Yeah. Which is really yes. hard to do. To yeah. make it sound good. But I feel like it's kind of successful in this song. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Fratellis do it in a way that I feel like should be on the radio. Hmm. But, they're, like, they're very poppy, but they do it well. Like, they're super catchy. And uh, they had, I think they did a theme song for something. But I know you've heard, like, one of their songs before. It's um, some Italians. Yes, a bunch of Italians. <laughs> Italianos. Sicilians. Um, no, they're named after the, the family in the uh, the Goonies, apparently. Uh, they're Italian. It's the mob. Uh, are they really the mob? Like, <laughs> it's like we have the Olympics, and then we have the Special Olympics. Like, <laughs> Which I've heard were. is bad. Well. <laughs> we don't need to get that. Depends on who you ask. <laughs> I heard um, it's more entertaining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's for sure more entertaining. Ain't nobody quitting that one, that's for sure. Yeah. Simone Biles. <laughs> if that's your real name. If that's even your real get your shit together. You're a performer. <laughs> Perform for us. Yeah. <laughs> God. Um, yeah. All right. So how did I do? I said Devin was 352. I'm not even going to draw this out. That was dead on. What? Yeah. That's insane. I know. You said that, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> that was dead on. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Read me like a book. Hell yeah. That was crazy. All right. Well, and so RJ, I guess, right. one, two, four. All right. So <laughs> nail Devins. And- oh, and I okay. fucked you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, Okay. So Mike's guess was one two four. So favorite song, I said because I did go back a little bit. I'm gonna say the Strokes. Oh, number what? five. I was just like I liked it. I liked it as an outro track. All the other ones are like eh. as an outro track. Outro, <laughs> outro. <laughs> I like to keep Altoid. it in a little tin. Wrap it in paper. <laughs> Mix it with some Vicodin. So every time I open it up, it's like clang. <laughs> mint <laughs> that's literally my only memory of altoids is people using it to keep pills in yeah it's like oh yeah this looks like altoids to cops right like, no you fucking um, idiot. my <laughs> least favorite song i said was slayer number two. Oh yeah all right Got it. and my favorite artist <laughs> because it is my favorite artist yeah. out of the group you is bitch four. <laughs> yeah so two out of the three all right oh, you did pretty good. good good five out of six <laughs> wow Hell yeah. 
I'm surprised that The Strokes was your favorite on here. Uh, this was the one that I was like, okay, I like this one. Man. All the other ones I didn't really like. Like that's interesting. So you just got to find something conventional for RJ. Like it, it's well, not it's not full on pop, and it's not full on rock. I do like pop, but it's just generic. Like it doesn't require music. too much work. Yeah, because like, like Mars they, Volta is like that's a commitment. Okay, if they got like a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, I'm like cool, down. <laughs> that's what gets you hard. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> If you got like five chords, you may be used about the whole song. Down, that's true. If you hear a key change in the song, you're like I'm out. Yeah, that's weird. Nah, nah, Wait, nah. Wait, it's twelve minutes. Fuck that. <laughs> um. All right. Uh. So I'm just gonna give myself. I'm just gonna. Uh, I'm gonna go a little bit higher. I was a little bit lower, but the fact that Devin liked song four. Um, yeah, you I'm, get it, Mike. I'm gonna get myself a four point mm. one. Mm, okay. Four point one. I was I was leaning three point eight, but the fact that Devin even remotely enjoyed song four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I literally saw that and I was like, all right, I hate the song. Devin's gonna <laughs> like it. Literally as soon as I saw it, I was yeah. like, Devin's gonna like this. One. I did. <laughs> a week later and I already weird. predicted that shit. It was the sample. Like I think I mostly have a problem with Eminem's beats and his like his annoying voice. It's yeah. Dr. Dre. So he didn't do too much of the annoying voice in this. Did you like, know his last couple albums he's had like a different producer on every track? That's weird. It is. It's full of that seems different things. Like a poor choice. <laughs> hmm. Alright. Um I'm gonna give you four point two. Ah, hell yeah, brother. Yeah. I I was feeling it. I liked the I like the theme of just, you know, picking a producer. Um, for for you and I, I feel like this album is or this mix is easy listening. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's all over the place, but it's not. Yeah, because there is a through line of it's the Ruben through line, even though musically it doesn't make sense. We just know that he's involved in all this, so it's like kind of see how he's involved in these reinventions of artists or groups, or like I don't know if he goes to these people or people come to him to reinvent themselves, but something happens. He's responsible for some of the biggest albums in our generation's musical history. And there's something to that. And I think all of the songs pretty well showed that. Um, the Eminem one, I was just surprised that I liked. That's kind of an outlier, honestly. Like, yeah. Uh, it did, uh, knowing his Def Jam roots, like that makes more sense. Right. Because he's you know trying to sample stuff, and he's like, maybe you should try this. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I liked the Slayer track, but there are many Slayer songs that I like more than that one. <laughs> yeah, but I I liked it on there. I I, I like that you didn't go full Slayer. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like it's like a Tropic Thunder. You don't go full retard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you didn't go full Slayer. So I it was yeah, it's cool. Um, and Danzig is always awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, so me. Uh, at first, I was like, "All right, I'm not top ten mixes." But then I was like, "All right, I have to analyze this." I think I gave you like a, a mid three something like that. I was like, "It's fine." An I can average RJ. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, honestly, right in that cluster. <laughs> you you did do one for the Wizards. The Wizard it, it does the that you did it by year. So I was like, I do appreciate that. 
And I was like, throughout the ages, and I was like, ah, okay. A lot of the songs, I was like, they're fine. I don't hate them. They're fine. I've had songs that you've, like, you both have done that I'm like, nope, fuck that song. That song's stupid. I don't want to hear it ever like again. Mariah Carey, fuck that. <laughs> I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back. <laughs> uh, so I was like, honestly, I'm I will make give a you. Mariah mix. <laughs> it wasn't that bad of a. It wasn't that bad at all. Gets I'm going to give you a, up in here. a, a, a 3.7. I like that. The Christmas ones by Mariah Carey. What'd you get? It's me? not going to be on there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, fuck that. You get a everything but you, you get a 3.9. No, I gave you 3.75 for this one. But oh, nice. Cool. I was like, I can listen to this one. I, I listened to it multiple times and I was like, I didn't hate it. All right. I had fun. And I was like, I like the, the theme of it. All okay. Right. All right. Success. Great success. Great success. Much success. Very success. Okay. I hear the beep boops. The beep boops. He's doing something yeah. on his phone. Somebody is. I hear a phone. I hear a microphone. There it is. There, there it is. is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Coming for you, RJ. How, RJ? How? Mm. Tell me. Explain this to me. Does it sound like Blink? If she came out with all the small things, I'd be like, all right, I accept you. Oh, no, not in her style. In Blink-182's style. <laughs> no, then what's the point? <laughs> what's the point? You want Mariah, you're going to get Mariah. And before you... Y'all forget about this bitch? You don't like cry singing? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I picture just Mike just slowed, like just dancing. Not dude. I'm jerking off in the dark, but yeah, I can still see my eyes in the mirror. <laughs> but he's doing like. Waltz dancing. It's like hand up on an imaginary shoulder. <laughs> no, it's on the hips. It's like high school dancing. Yeah. You're grinding to nobody. Fucking banger on this song. <laughs> what do you got for us this week? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, <laughs> I just want to know. Are you guys ready for some heavier, heavier things? Oh, hell yeah, brother. Depends can I work out heavy. to it? Oh, you can work out to it. I'm feeling yeah. kind of weak. Feeling kind of weak. You want to lift some heavier things? You got to get that T gone, bro. Oh, bro. This is 
This is a high T mix. <laughs> this is high T, bro. This is going to boost your T. Oh, are you ready to get your face fucking melted? Ooh, I like face melted. Yes. Okay. All right. Title of this mix The Mayor of Shredsville. Okay. <laughs> I enjoy that. Are you fucking okay. ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Are you sure? Because I'm about to send it. This okay. is a high bar because you're you're essentially convincing me oh, into I've been, Shredsville. Oh, I've been working on this for a while. No, he's been doing like I'm gonna do a limp biscuit mix and shit like that. So. No, because no, I see that This is serious. Okay, we're serious. Face I melting. see Shredsville and I see a fucked up old Chevy that's kind of lifted with big mud tires, <sighs> and I just keep on driving past Shredsville. Okay. Well, you might see that in there. <laughs> you, might, you might find something that you like, you know? I want to say off the bat, at this might be one of the longer mixes. Ooh, my, my last one was pretty long. How long I was mean, it? This one was 27 minutes, I think. Well. Just this week's was. Do you know any longer ones? I think the longest one, oh, I don't know if we broke 30 minutes, have we? Uh, I think my mix for you was. Oh, that's right. Well, this one's 36 minutes. Ooh, okay. No, no, okay. no, 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 no. Uh, a whole new world from Devin's Magic Carpet Drive, 40 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, it's this not. one's 36. It's not 40 minutes, RJ. That one's not 40 minutes. No, it's 36 minutes. Oh, 36. There was one I just saw that was 40. Yeah, that's because it had a song that wasn't supposed to be on there. Rude. I accidentally put an L <laughs> song on there. Oh, I remember that. There was one that just, you like added yeah. one the day before we were recording, and I was like, did you sneak this in for a reason? Yeah. All right. Well, you minutes. can find the podcast wherever you find podcasts. <laughs> Uh, you can find us on Instagram. You can find uh, if you want to <laughs> oh listen to this mix. You get it? Y'all get it? If you want to listen to this mix, <laughs> you can find us on Spotify. You just You're going to want to listen. That's on mixtape. Oh, one word. Oh, I love it. Um, get your face fucking melted, brother. This one's for you, Mike. Fire! Just you already get a four just for the title. I hope you know. Hell yeah! Because the title is pretty great. Thank you. <laughs> now I've already I've already had one of his songs on one of my mixes. Ooh, off of one of these because there's pretty much two albums on this. Mix. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, yes. I guess. All right. No, I you I love this. You, okay. If you're gonna love it or if you're gonna like it, you're gonna love it. If you're gonna not like it, you're gonna fucking hate it. That's okay. all I'm gonna say. I'm just gonna have There's it no in between. Back there. It's just gonna be back there. You know? Know what I mean? It's just it's gonna, gonna be, be back, back there. there. That's that's perfect because it needs to be back there. And then when it's back there, you're gonna realize that you wanna be back there. I don't <laughs> No, yar. I'm, I'm fine. Yar. I'm fine with it. Oh, I'm, you'll I don't, see. I'm fine. I just see the crowd, and I want to go home. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. But I do implore you to get very high and listen to this. That's not going to happen. Do it though. <laughs> I just fall asleep. <laughs> no, you won't with him. <laughs> no way. His guitar player will make me go night night. No, no.
Yeah. <laughs> now. <laughs> You'd be surprised. All right. I guess we're going to uh, Aville, where there yeah. may or may not be. This re- it really should be oh. Shedsville. You know what I mean? Nah, nah bro. Shedsville. No. <laughs> Just a hobo town. No, no. <laughs> this is Shredville, bro. It's not Shred City. You don't want to go to Shred City. It's too much all the time. This is Shredville. This is a town you can live in while shredding. You know, we'll fire up the Chevy and we'll take a, take a trip to Shredville. The guy, the crazy guy in the town who thinks he's the mayor of Shedville. Oh no, he <laughs> he is the mayor of Shredville, but also the governor of Shred County. Of just women in their sixties. <laughs> Does <laughs> your mom like this mix? You know, she pro- she might. I haven't played it for her. She might, but she might like it. You know, she might. I just, you know, I know your mom, but I feel like she'd just be like, "Damn it, I like this." What? Who is this? I like this artist. Honestly, three of these songs were playing in the dentist's office I was working in this week. <laughs> You're like, yeah. oh, there's yeah. my idea. <laughs> She's like, Shredsville, more like Wetsville. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're gonna see you're gonna see what Jennifer Aniston saw after you listen to this. You're gonna be like, I get it. What about Taylor Swift? Yeah, you're gonna see what she saw. You see what uh any hot ass home in Hollywood saw this man, you know? They just see a full on rapist. Yeah. It says the N word. <laughs> Playboy <laughs> interviews. <laughs> Do you know anything about that? We'll talk about it next don't week. Don't ruin it. No. <laughs> I don't want to. At least have an open mind into this. You know what I mean? Oh no, it's 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 funny. But I'll we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> All right, on to Shredsville. 